Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Don't we live in fun times? <laughs> We're in a fascinating period of history. Uh, it's like, as a citizen, there's really very little you can do. Uh, you're being censored, so big media is not listening to you. You know, the elections are stunned, so your votes don't count. <laughs> the, the, even if you did get uh, a message through to uh, a member of Congress or the state legislature, they don't care about you anyway because they're listening to their, their donors and, and the lobbyists. And so uh, there's, there's really not a whole lot of uh, place a, a person can go or, or to do things. So this is why Action Radio is here, hopefully to, to change, do our little bit here, uh, to change the situation around a little bit so that we actually do have some power by writing the laws we consent to be governed by. But we're in a crazy place. You know, the title of the show today, The Sixth State of Public Health and Democrat Elections, or Democratic Elections. And those words are are chosen carefully. You know, obviously, the sixth state of public health is slightly ironic, sarcastic, and, uh, you know, facetious, but uh, that's what we do here. Also, Democratic Elections. Uh, I mean, (laughs) they're anything but, right? Because they're they're stolen on a regular basis. And it's just, it's a very strange phenomenon to to know that, you know, not only does your vote not count, even if you do elect somebody, you know, they're going to get an office and be beholden to their donors and, and, uh, and the campaign uh, and, and the party. And the parties don't care about you either. I mean, the party tells you who, who you can vote for uh, in the general election. So really, it's a, it's a rigged system from top to bottom. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm really happy to have uh, Brianna Cannon on here for our government inquiry report. So, Brianna, I got a little surprise for you. I've been busy at the production booth here this morning before the show started. And let me see if I can find uh, – I have a new theme for you, so let me introduce that. I'm going to make your line live, and you can uh, go, oh, okay. So premiering a brand-new theme here. This is our, our morning – this will be uh, uh, Brianna's theme when I start her report. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now... The Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. So I'll give you a, a round of applause, too. See what happens when I get let loose with my Adobe Audition software? <laughs> I get to create things. So welcome to the show, Brianna. How are you doing? Good. You like your theme? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. You deserve it. So tell me, what's on your mind this week? What's happening? What's, what's going on? And, and wh- wh- where shall we inquire? Uh, I've still got the two things you sent me on uh, libertarian stuff and, and judicial activism, activism versus uh, judicial review. So uh, what does that want to get? Wait a minute. Let me get it right. Judicial review versus judicial restraint. So we can, we can tackle those. We can tackle other questions. We've got, I've got my own questions. Uh, you had an economics question, too. So we've got a lot of things we can, uh, we can delve into. So, so what are you thinking? What's on your mind? Yeah, so there's kind of like three different things, but one of them is what I sent you of the um, 
Republican versus Democrat versus Libertarian. Yep. Let's start there. That was fascinating because uh, it's not true. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, it's kind of funny. Who wrote this? Was it, did you find what, what was the source for this? Um, I don't exactly know the source of the actual image, like you created it, but I uh-huh. remember learning it in Patriot Academy. Okay, I'll see. All right, well, let's, let's, uh, nothing against Patriot Academy, but let's, let's, let's challenge the materials. In fact, I think I challenge everything you're, you're taught. <laughs> it's really funny. You, you know, uh, we'll talk about some, it's up to you to mention if you want, you know, where, where the stuff comes from. But there's a lot of things that, uh, and you're at homeschool, you're, you know, you're in a good high school. It's just, but it's fascinating. You, you see where the indoctrination is? It's everywhere. It's, it, and I even think the people who are doing it don't even realize they're indoctrinating. They're not teaching. We need to get your teachers on here, too. Have you noticed that, especially being on this show with the things that we talk about, with proof, with actual evidence, with, with going with the original source, the Constitution, and then these assumptions that you see out there that uh, people are telling you, and they absolutely believe it because they don't know anything else. They've never challenged their assumptions. They've never, they've never thought to challenge their assumptions because there's been no reason to challenge their assumptions because they think their assumptions are true. We know that the only thing that's true is that those are assumptions and that a lot of them are wrong. It really. Yeah, I hope you're not being confused by the, these double sources of information. I think you're you're smart enough to be able to distinguish the difference. But do you see the indoctrination? Do you, do you see how how pervasive this is? That people absolutely believe things that they have never checked out. They've never looked into this stuff. They just assume it because everybody else is saying it, and they assume it because everybody else is saying it. it it's it's really a it's like a mass psychosis of of ignorance. Oh, I like that term. I'm gonna have to. Use, you can use that term. Put it in a report sometime. What do you think? Yeah, it really is. And it reminds me of that, that same one example. The example is very fitting of the two circles because, you know, if you get everybody to believe that the circle's bigger for long enough, it starts to become common knowledge. Yep, yep, 2 plus 2 equals 5. It's Orwell. Um, I want to get you together on the show with uh, Tina Terry, who's a English professor, a retired professor, and also had a specialty in Orwell, George Orwell. And so I'm going to match you two up. It's going to be interesting. All right, let's take a look at this chart. For those that, that don't have it and can't see it, it's, it's pretty easy to visualize. So in the center, it's got, it's got left and right. And uh, Brandon, remember when we talked about, in fact, we did this just, I think it was last week. No, it was a week before on our, on our extended four-hour marathon. Um, we talked about the, the political spectrum from to, you know, imagining a, a 12-inch rule with 12 being absolute government and zero being absolute anarchy and where, where the different places fell. Look at this. If you, you know, I didn't think of this as uh, Republicans and Democrats because it has left and it has right, two columns of left stuff and it has two columns of right stuff, and the middle circle is libertarians. So what they're assuming is libertarians are between the left and the right. But if the left, as you say, are Democrats, and the right, as you say, are Republicans in this diagram, we talked about that representing a very narrow band of political thought. See, I always thought the libertarians were to the right of, of Republicans, but I, might be, but I might be doing this chart wrong. So, so that's why I asked the origins of it. But do you see, is that, what you, is that how this was presented, as leftist Democrats, rightist Republicans, or this is just the political left, the political right, and libertarians are, are somewhere in the middle, the centrists, as it were? Um, I think it's more directly the left and the right, not as much as the parties, but I think a lot of the values that you see um, mm-hmm. are also going to be in the parties. But yeah, I think it is just the left and right ideals more than it is the political party ideal. Okay. Well, let's talk left, let's talk right, let's go through the categories, and we'll see where the libertarians kind of think they are in the middle of all this, and, and I'd be curious what you think. So feel free to start anywhere. 
Okay. Um, I guess you can start at the left. I don't know. Okay. No, it makes sense. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, let's go over the left qualities. We'll go over the right qualities. And, and if anybody wants to call in and join us in this little exercise, 215-383-3832. Uh, live chat's going to be a little hard. I'll check live chat as we go. But the reason I want to do this is because I want to challenge, again, like I do, I think almost every show, challenge the assumptions, challenge what people believe. Is this really what is left and is this really what is right? Left being more government, right being less government, allegedly. Um, or is really a better description of the Democrats and the Republicans? I think it's actually closer to the parties. I don't think it's, it's – because truly left is dictatorship. Truly right is anarchy. And I don't see either of those in this, these rather moderate things. So I think they're trying to say – that the libertarians are the centrists, you know, it would be six inches on the, on the, on the 12 inch ruler. Uh, the left would be Democrats slightly to the left of center. Republicans would be slightly to the right of center, but that's not true <laughs> because the Democrats are way left of center and the Republicans are just slightly to the right of way left of center. <laughs> I mean, that's how I see it. Anyway, back to you. Tell me about your chart. Where, where it's, uh, how, how do you see it? Pick a quality. Um, or a category. Yeah. Like, Let's start with the first one. So I thought you were just gonna like start from the stop, from, start from the top. Like the first one is government regulated economy. Okay, let's start there. That's a good place. So, so we're gonna go through the left quality. These are the qualities on the left, which are highlighted in blue. This is why I think you probably might have thought it was. A, it was. A, I think they're trying to tell you this is the Democrats believe. Government regulated economy. What's that? Um, is that a rhetorical? Actually, I think it is. Uh, is <laughs> she's, she's called me on it already. Okay, <laughs> folks. Uh, so government. So well, this is what they said: government-regulated economy. So are they proposing this as a good thing, as a bad thing, as, as this is just the way it is? Or if you had to classify a government-regulated economy, what what would that look like? Well, for this, I'm, I'm good or bad. I think it's just saying that this is what they believe in, and government-regulated okay. economy is. Um, government putting in restrictions and controlling things and having their input in everything that you can and cannot do and how much money you have. Um, it's okay. what you see in communist control. Um, completely That's what government I, yeah. control Bingo. Yeah. Or actually uh, when I see government, I was thinking more fascism. Communism being a totalitarian state where, where everything's owned by the, the state, even though they said there is no state. Um, but uh, this is more like a fascist economy, I think. Well, you tell me what you think. Because the government-regulated economy, so a government, uh, fascism is where the governments and the corporations merge into one totalitarian entity. You can still own property, but you can't do anything with it. <laughs> In fact, you don't even get much property. It's really, it's, it's a combination. This is what the, the, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, you know, the next in a long line of, of, uh, of uh, would-be dictators of the world. You know, this is what they seem to propose. You own nothing. You have nothing. You'll be happy. You know, the government and the corporations will, will basically merge and take care of you. It's going to be one kind of entity. That's what I see as a government-regulated economy. It's no free market. It's no free choice. Yeah, it's definitely Go ahead. leaping to tyranny. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like the government will tell you where you can live, you know, what you can drive. Uh, how far you can go, you know, travel-wise, you know, you need to pass. You need to, they, they talk about vaccine passports and things like that. That's all part of the, the regulated economy. So if it's regulated, that means the corporations are all uh, monopolies and they have guaranteed places in the market, which means nobody can get into the market. Nobody can start a new company. Nobody can innovate. Nobody can do anything because governments, the last thing they do is want innovation and change. Make sense? Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's leap to the other side. Let's, if, you know, what I've noticed is that these are um, the, the corollaries on the right-hand side. So the right-hand side, the opposite of government-regulated economy is economic freedom. Yes. So this, okay, so what's that? A more like laissez-faire okay. idea. Yeah, so it's, it's like, these are like buzzwords. This is economic freedom. I'm thinking for who? Everybody? Is it a totally free market? From government, like freedom mm. away from government. Yeah, libertarians seem to monopolize the, what they think of as the, the more tolerant free aspects of both the left and the right. But I think they're wrong in certain ones. Okay, let's go on to the next one. United Nations-led U.S. military actions. What do you think? So Does the left I only do that? I'm not exactly positive on this, but oh. from what I can tell from this, mm-hmm. um, it seems like they're in charge of the United States military. It's just kind of what it sounds like, because it's saying that it's leading the United States mm-hmm. military actions. Yep. Which is, I mean, you don't want, like, this world form to control your country. I mean, that's kind of what we're thinking of the end of the world as, you know. Um, <laughs> so. That's okay. No, you can say it. That's fine. Um, I think uh, the very first uh, undeclared war we had was Korea. And it was uh, it was under the United Nations, and so that was our first UN war where U.S. troops were were pretty much under the United Nations. You know, they came home I think with with United Nations flags over over the coffins. Our soldiers. Uh, it was called a police action. It wasn't even called a war. And it was never declared. So that was our first unconstitutional war. So this makes sense. But I would say not only did the left do that, but the right would do that. Uh, in other words, in terms of well, it's easy to think of in terms of Democrats and Republicans. You know, name one action if you can, since World War II, that was a lawful, constitutional, congressionally declared war? I honestly don't know how much of any of the wars were declared. Yeah, none of them. So if we look at this in terms of left and right, yes, the left being totalitarian would want a world government to control individual nations' military. But if you look at it in terms of Democrat and Republican, both Democrats and Republicans have subordinated our authority, at least since Korea, to the United Nations. Look at, uh, remember when General Milley uh, basically committed treason, betraying Trump, calling his counterpart? How does he even know his counterpart, you know, or, or, or be able to contact his counterpart in China, in the Chinese military from the Chinese Communist Party, saying he would warn him, you know, if Trump ever decided to attack or do anything at all. So his loyalty was to the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese military over his own commander-in-chief. That's world government. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's the, the loss of, of nation, nationhood. But, I, but he's, you know, yeah, I'm sure he's liberal, but, you know, in order for this to happen, this takes both the Democrats and the Republicans to uh, subordinate the authority to the U.N. I don't even know why we're in the U.N., yeah. Yeah. Also, I've heard for the mm-hmm. United Nations, I really do not know a lot about them. But one of like the common things that I've learned is that it's there to prevent another world war. But um, how does what is the actual purpose of the United Nations? Like, what are they supposed <laughs> to be doing? I was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you that question. Or how is it that they can prevent world wars? Well, the United Nations, as I see it. 
it was uh, the history of this, uh, as I understand, it starts with the League of Nations. So Woodrow Wilson, one of our, our absolute worst presidents, got us in World War One for no reason whatsoever, uh, other than I think his own ego and, and glory and the military industrial banking complex. Um, at the end of it, he wanted to have a world government, and the world government is called the League of Nations. And this is what came about in the 1920s. But in order for the League of Nations to have any authority over the United States, they had to have a treaty, and they had to approve it. Well, the Senate you know, still be made up of Americans, flatly refused. No, we're not going to subordinate ourselves to the League of Nations. And the League of Nations eventually collapsed. After World War II, I think it was the Bretton Woods Conference, uh, they had that. They, uh, and this is actually in San Francisco where they uh, uh, worked out the, um, the new conditions for the United Nations, which was the next world government. It's supposed to be a world government. And the question is, how much authority does it have? I'm not sure what the charter is, so I'm going to toss that back to you for after Thanksgiving. Uh, if you want to come back, uh, so that would be like the uh, either next Tuesday or the Tuesday after. That'd be that'd be a great thing to report on. What is the UN authority over the United States, if any? Which I, I would say none. Or what 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 are they trying to do? Uh, it seems to me that you've got all uh, all these government agencies are there. You've got the, the let me see in, the internal the, the the strongest group is the is the UN Security Council. Those would be the countries that won World War II: China, Russia, um, United States, France, and uh, and Great Britain. So those are the permanent members of the Security Council. So they have veto power. So if, one, if, if the greater UN votes, say, like an anti-Israel thing, which they frequently do, then the United States can veto that because the United States is part of the, uh, the Security Council and they have veto power over anything. And same thing if, if we have a bill you know, condemning you know, uh, Russia for Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine, Russia says, no, we're going to veto that, which they probably would. I'm sure they have. So that's how that works. Then you have all these different organizations within the UN. You've got the WHO, the World Health Organization, which wants to dominate our public health and give us all a, a sickening jab of, of gene-altering material uh, known as the COVID shot. And you've got other agencies within them. There's uh, uh, different councils, different groups within the UN, different agencies. Um, I think UNICEF, the United Nations International Children's uh, Fund. I'm not sure they do such a good thing either. But governments pay in. And their governments are represented at the UN. It's like a, a big debating council. But they also think they have authority, and they try to persuade other countries to do things. There's the UN Declaration of Human Rights, which is really a document of, of servitude to the world government. So I don't see if they do any good. I would actually get us out. I would uh, move their uh, embassy, uh, the UN or UN Assembly, to, I don't know, let's pick a place. Where should we put them? How about Zaire? That would be a good place. That just country just came to mind. Let's move them somewhere. Where, where would you move them to? I've never even heard of that country. Zaire, it's in Africa. Yeah, yeah I think I think it's what I don't know if they listen to us. It's Zaire, no, it's Zambia that listens to us. Let's move them to Zambia. We've got listeners there. So yeah, I should send you the list of uh, of all the countries where we're heard. It's really pretty incredible. Cuba now listens to us. That's amazing. So yeah, we've got so we've got quite a reach. Where do we get millions and millions of listeners? It's gonna be fun. So the other side. Uh, or do you have another comment on that of the U.S. led U.S. and we don't have to go over all these. We can we can do them pretty quickly uh, in a little bit here. But um, this one's interesting. Do you want to take on the U.S. Uh, the United Nations yeah. project and and uh, give us a report at some point? Tell me what you find. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll put that on our list. So the right says robust national defense. Now, if the right is anarchist, they wouldn't want any national defense because they don't believe in borders. <laughs> You know, they believe in everything being totally open, right? So a robust national defense used to be something that the Democrats on the left 
sponsor. There was a, a senator, Scoop Jackson, uh, Henry Henry Jackson from Washington State, loved the military. He had Boeing and you know all these other defense contractors in the state, so he was absolutely pro defense. He was pro defense anyway. So Democrats used to be pro defense. It's only relatively recently they become Marxists and want to destroy the country. So is robust national defense a left or a right or a Democrat or a Republican thing? Um. On this chart, it's right, but in the real world today, if you look at, like, the right and the left ideas, mm-hmm. um, I think it is definitely more of a right aspect. Because um, most of the left ideologies hate the military, hate anybody having guns except for, you know, their own personal security. <laughs> um, they hate America, want to destroy it. So, I mean, I think you see that the right is definitely more for uh, defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense because the left uses it for social experiments. Um, but the right uses the military for, uh, like it says here on the other side of the right, military adventurism and nation building. So the question is, when does the military go from defense to all kinds of other plans. Now, I don't see that as as a, as a as a right thing. I see that as both. If you, in terms of Democrats and Republicans, both parties love to go to war. Look at Afghanistan for twenty years, Iraq for. Uh, I mean, you, your entire life we've been at war in, in, in I guess, Iraq and Afghanistan. And then we recently surrendered there, so we've been at war your entire lifetime. Yeah. Kind of interesting, um, interesting thought, huh? Yeah. I think that this one is more of both countries uh, because now, like, you know, with the Ukraine war, that's like the most mm-hmm. recent example. Mm-hmm. Both, well, not both sides are completely for it, but the left is like completely for it. They are so pro-Ukraine, they're painting the, their bodies blue and yellow. And then the right, there's some supporters, there's a lot of supporters, there's, some, there's a lot of people that think it's absolutely ridiculous. There's a bunch of different opinions swirling around the war from um, every different side. But, yeah, so, I think that so one is more closer to both of them. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good point. So and some of these actually are. It's interesting. The libertarians seem to have picked the, the qualities that they like of both the left and the right and circle them and say, this is what we believe. We're the good guys. But the bad qualities are on the outside. So the left has government-regulated economy, United Nations military, using the eminent domain for private gain, banning guns, taxpayer funding of government charities. Of course, NPR would be one of those. And the last one here, special treatment for uh, select minorities. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Then on the right side, they've got um, government-regulated morality, military adventurism, war on drugs, U.S. Patriot Act, taxpayer funding of faith-based charities, special treatment for, uh, for select corporations. That's not – that's a both. <laughs> a lot of these are actually both. So the outside ones, I, would, I, I think we could successfully argue that, that uh, A, this chart is wrong. Uh, it's, 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 guaranteed, it's, it's there to make the libertarians look good. But, um, but both these things, you know, in terms of, well, here's the question then. So if left and right, which they seem to have divided sort of, but in terms of Democrats and Republicans, this chart doesn't make any sense at all. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right on that. 
I think it is more of an ideology thing. Yeah. So if we if you look at the leftists as banning guns, the left definitely wants to do that, except where, like you say, the government owns guns. Um, the government has 287,000 armed bureaucrats in a, in a bureaucrat army. We only have 185,000 armed Marines. So they, they, they don't ban guns for us, not them. So they're not for banning guns. They're actually banning guns for, for private ownership. And this is individual. Yeah, I think like if people yeah. thought that the, the government uh-huh. ha- had too much power before, I mean, mm-hmm. learning that, that's just ridiculous. And terrifying, well, too. Yeah. Uh, why? And here's the question, though. If, you know, the, the bureaucrats don't make war, the military does that. The military goes to war. They defend the country and they go to other countries and, 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 and defend them at times. Too many times, actually. So if the bureaucrats are armed and the military goes to war, who would the bureaucrats be going to war with? Another rhetorical question. Back to you. Who, the, who, who would the bureaucrats? If the bureaucrats have 287,000 armed agents, they have probably half a million guns or more, and they have billions of rounds of ammunition, who would they go to war with? They would be going to, the war with, going to war with the people. And their jobs, what they're supposed to be doing, is all are mostly to do with the people. Most of the jobs that you have in bureaucracies are for the people. Mm-hmm. Even the now, now they're all against the people. <laughs> well, I'm going I'm working on an article. I'm going to start an article. I'm trying to decide whether to write for international, excuse me, intellectual conservative, where I used to write articles, uh, or Substack. I start my own. Uh, I'm going to write an article called the the, the Nation of Government, uh, where Washington D.C. actually is its own country, and behaving like its own country, with borders, with its own army, uh, with its own uh, passports, and uh, you know, its own economy. <laughs> You know, and basically taking their economy from everybody else. So they're, they're actually a colonial power that uh, takes all their, their money from, from the other states. And so that's, that's how it's working. It's like uh, Washington, D.C. has become the new, you know, King George III uh, of, of uh, grand old England. Let me do a couple more of these because these are interesting. Yeah, but how uh, would, like... Yeah. Uh-huh. What, I mean, one thing about, like... Um, I think I heard you say this before about having nobody live there and just be solely for the government. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I don't think that people should live in Washington D.C. because it's not a state and it is purely for government. And I think that it, it creates this unbalance and this leverage and. Um, Along with that, I don't know if we should really change, like, their whole economy to something separate and everything else because I um, feel like that might cause a little too many extra problems if we were to go that extensive on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the example that I'm going to use is, like, the Berlin Wall, but I think that, that example is a little too extreme for, you know, just Washington, D.C., but we don't want something – that like is a disaster, basically. Okay. No, I mean, let's say feel free to explore things. You don't have to have everything all thought out ahead of time. I certainly don't. Uh, I actually crossed the Berlin Wall uh, back in 1982. Uh, I went through Checkpoint Charlie and walked the whole thing. And it was it's it's like a couple hundred yards of wall. It's it's long. And uh, got into East Berlin and spent a full day in communism. 
And it was the scariest thing I've seen uh, in a long time. And the biggest problem is boredom. There's nothing there. There's no life. Uh, it's incredibly um, just everything's miserable. The people are miserable. There's no color. Everybody's wearing, you know, gray or brown. The buildings are all dark. You know, there's, there's no billboards. There's no advertising. There's nothing. Uh, it's a really scary place. But um, that was an interesting thing. So the Berlin Wall is like a different thing. Um, it was meant to keep people uh, in. Uh, Washington seems to keep, you know, uh, us regular folks out as much as possible. But so if we didn't have people live there, there wouldn't be a constituency. There wouldn't be uh, um, all the government workers. It's like one of the biggest problems in D.C. is the fact that you've got the D.C. gulag, uh, all the political prisoners from January 6th. Well, who's going to, you know, who's going to be their, their jury, their peers? No, it's going to be government workers. And it's going to be left as Democrat government workers. Well, if you've got leftist Democrat workers as the only jury pool to, to uh, pass judgment on January 6th, Trump-supporting uh, patriots, is it possible to have a free trial? Another rhetorical question. No. So what, what should we do then? How do we get these folks a fair trial? Or um, should they even have a fair trial? Should they even be in there? They shouldn't. Um, Like, if you commit a crime, you need to obviously be arrested and go through a trial. And Uh then if you are arrested for fraudulent, ridiculous charges and stuff, you should either, A, be let go because it's ridiculous, or B, still get a a fair trial and get to go free. But that rests with the jury, though. And I think they should be speedy, too, and they forget the speedy part. (laughs) Yeah, and they and they talk about it's interesting, you know that uh, I don't think that we talk about this a lot. The juries have the power to to uh, basically nullify the laws, and the laws that are arrested under these misdemeanors. We talked about this yesterday uh, with Jonathan and, and uh, Roger Roots. Uh, it's quite fascinating, but uh, it seems to me a massive case of entrapment. Uh, let's do a couple more of these, and so libertarians, I want the good ones. They, they say civil liberties are a left quality. That one was interesting. Because if you look at Martin Luther King and a lot of um, black uh, folks, especially from the Civil War um, through you know from the end of slavery, you know, and to present day, a lot of black leaders are Republicans. The early folks, Booker T. Washington, some of the other folks, were all Republicans. So the idea that civil liberties is a leftist thing, I don't think so. I don't know where I'd put it. But it's, it's definitely a bunch of – it's the Republicans and the conservatives that brought about all their civil liberties, that passed the Civil Rights Act. Democrats filibustered it. So what's that doing on the left? I do not know. Okay. Here's one. Uh, so this is one we haven't talked about. Ending corporate welfare. What do you see as corporate welfare? What does that term mean to you? Um – so I would I would know what welfare is, but corporate adding that word into it makes mm-hmm. me not know what it is. Okay, well let's, let's wrestle with it for a while. What uh, talk about what welfare is and see if you can find a, a, a logical progression to what corporate welfare might be. So um, the word welfare is usually known as like um, good being and stuff, but the way that welfare works in the United States is you you take money. Mm-hmm. one set of people, and you give it to another set of people because you think that they need it. Hmm. 
do okay. All right. So so let's go with that. Let's keep that now. Now now apply that to a corporation. Now apply that to a corporation, like mm-hmm. um, taking money from one corporation and giving it to another corporation. Mm, not necessarily, but it's possible. That's an interesting thought. I have to work with that one myself. Um, but in terms of welfare, who would be who would be giving to corporations? Um, the people. The and how would the people? Ah, yeah. where where would the government get the money? As I lead you to the conclusion. From the people. Mm-hmm. So corporate welfare would be. Money from the people. Who, go ahead. So corporate welfare would be. You, you almost said it. I mean, this is oh. a fascinating concept. People don't know exactly what it is, but this is this is an interesting exercise. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I feel like I feel like yeah, the teacher so sometimes. Yeah. Oh, you don't mind. Yeah. I just I just I, lo- I love doing this because <laughs> it's fun to uh, to challenge you. So so the money would come from who to whom? From the people to the government to the corporations. Exactly. So corporate welfare is money to corporations. Do they need it? No, not if it's given unwillingly. I mean, if people want to give their money to them, they can, but shouldn't just be forced out of pocket. But because mm-hmm. yeah. normally in normal commerce, we give our, our money to corporations uh, in an exchange. We get something for it, right? Products and services. Yeah. That's what we get from corporations. So if they're getting welfare from us, then that's a, that's a subsidy. That's a benefit. That's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you sort of think, well, why am I giving money to corporations? Why would it be corporate welfare? I can tell you a bunch of instances of corporate welfare. Uh, Archer Daniels Midland uh, is a company that uh, gets a huge subsidy. So think of subsidies as corporate welfare. All right. So this, would be a great, this is another great topic for us to, to take a look at. It's why the government uh, does things. Uh, National Public Radio is corporate welfare. It's a, it's a so-called public radio station, which means it's tax-funded, which means they don't have to advertise, which means they can put more of their time into programming, less into advertising, which makes them look better to consumers of radio because they don't hear as many commercials. That is an unfair advantage. That is corporate welfare. Make sense? Yes. Okay, so here's another one. Subsidies. If, we have, if we're required to... Uh, have 20% or, or I think that's not right, 10 to 15% of our gasoline has to be ethanol. Well, who makes out on that? That's a required market. Yeah. I'm, I know okay. that we used to get gas with no ethanol, and mm-hmm. now they started putting, wait, how much ethanol did they start putting? 10% into it. Yeah, I think it's up to 15 in some they don't places. Have yeah. So ethanol comes from what? You got help there? Sorry, you, you, put the help, you can put the help on the line, too. You got your folks yeah. there? <laughs> you want to talk? They can call in on a separate line. Yeah, I think he's about to go to work. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. We'll get he him said he'd steal the show. Oh, he would. That'd be fine. I don't mind. I can sit back and listen. You guys can talk. That'd be great. You might so, mute him. You might get a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny hey listen you're, you folks are always welcome to come on the show so um, that, that'd be kind of interesting so corporate welfare 
Oh, do you have a, one more comment from from our our, uh, our assistants here? Or are they on their? Oh, they, he just said that he's full of useless facts. Oh yeah, me too. I probably have a great time on the radio. <laughs> so there's a company called Archer Daniels Midland, and that basically runs the Midwest in terms of farming. Um, they're the ones that get all the money from uh, from the sale of ethanol, which comes from corn. So I'll save us a little time here. So corn basically is what makes your car smell like salad dressing, <laughs> if you have enough of it in there, um, is uh, because it, yeah, it, it makes alcohol, but it's nowhere near as powerful as gasoline. In fact, I don't think it provides you know much power at all. Now it's supposedly in California they call it an oxygenate. So in other words, it uh, it allows the fuel to burn better, more cleanly, reducing the carbon dioxide output. Uh, which is crazy because we need carbon dioxide. But anyway, this is corporate welfare. So if the market is guaranteed, just like subsidies to national public radio give them a competitive advantage, that's corporate welfare because uh, they're called a public corporation. In other words, they're owned by the government. In other words, it's owned by us. Archie Daniels Millen gets a huge subsidy um, for, uh, uh, because A, there's a guaranteed market for them, and B, they got a ton of money from the government for producing something for their guaranteed market. That's corporate welfare. Uh, foreign aid. A lot of times foreign aid uh, what happens is that there will be a uh, – um, well, Ukraine's a different story. That's more like a money laundering operation for the Democrats and Republicans. And we talked about that. If not, we can. But a lot of times foreign aid you know, comes back to you know, like Caterpillar Company, for example, for farm equipment. Uh, or Democrats or Republicans, the most powerful ones, will arrange for foreign aid to certain countries, to, and that money has to be spent on their industries in their state. Well, that's corporate welfare. So there's a bunch of instances um, – all these different areas, anything, that, anything that's subsidized, sugar, price supports, they used to do this in the Depression so that the sugar farmers and other farmers wouldn't go out of business. They'd pay them not to produce, or they'd, uh, and they, that would lower the supply of a certain cro- cro- product like sugar, and the price of sugar would go up. And it's called a sugar price support. They're supporting a higher price by paying farmers not to grow it. Well, they still do that. Yeah. De- I learned you know, about that. Like a, oh, they were, like, they, they were talking about like government regulation. And mm-hmm. that um, to stop the Great Depression from happening again, they were um, making sure nobody overproduced. I didn't like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> How do you overproduce? Wouldn't the market take care of that? If you overproduce, if you made more sugar than the market would be, what would happen to your excess sugar? Um, you keep it for yourself. If you, you wanted to sell it, what would you do? You drop the price exactly. What else could you do? Um, make deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you could do that. Uh, you could sell it overseas. You could find new markets. Mm-hmm. But governments never think that way. See, this is the problem, and this is something. This is like an overall theme: is that governments only look at things one way, you know. And the answer is usually money. We have to give them money to fix the problem. But we just came up with a bunch of new solutions. If you overproduce sugar, or you overproduce anything for that matter, you can lower the price. You can not produce as much yourself. Uh, you can uh, and if it, and get a you know more higher price that way. Uh, you can buy futures contracts. You can lock in a price to sell it, and someone will buy it ahead of time in advance, locking in their price. You can find other markets. You can develop other markets. You can produce other things. You can take them, sell them, and, and maybe do something else next year. But none of these things occur to so government. So this? Mm-hmm. I, whenever I was learning that, they said that it was something that was implemented with the Great Depression so that um, it wouldn't happen again. It's along with those things like Social Security and everything. So mm-hmm. I was just wondering, do you know if this is still a thing today? 
like an implemented thing? Yes. Corporate welfare is alive and well. It's everywhere. No. But as far as the depression, what's your specific question? I don't think I'm quite answering what you're asking. No, like um, not um, not corporate welfare, but specifically mm-hmm. like government regulating overproduction. Do they still do that? Um, I don't. I think it would have to depend on the area. I'm not really sure. The, the only thing that's come to mind, you know, because we do have somewhat of a free market. Actually, it's kind of interesting. Um, there's, uh, I know in like, um, I've seen the savings and loans where they, uh, where people can make bad loans and the government will cover their losses, but they get to take profits for their winning, for their, 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 uh, the money they make. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I know there's instances where like animals have been infected by a certain disease and the government orders them to be killed. I don't, I don't know if they get paid back for those or not. Um, so that's, that's a good question as to how, you know, how things work today. I think the biggest thing is, is that uh, corporations with the best lobbyists get things like tax breaks. Uh, they keep their subsidies. Uh, like I said, one of the worst being Archer Daniels Midland gets billions of dollars you know, for, for marketing something that doesn't help our cars. So if you want to break corporate welfare, you've got to actually just bring the free market back. You know, where people produce what they produce, they produce as much as they want or as little as they want. It's up to them. So, and all agricultural subsidies, that would be the biggest thing to do. And subsidies for advertising. Companies are paid money, you know, for, to reimburse them for the cost of advertising in other countries. So anything that gives a corporation money from the government should be ended. Corporations need to stand on their own. That's how I do it. That also... We were talking about that. It made, made this pop into mm-hmm. my head. It was something that I had thought about the other day. It was kind of like a wacky thought. So I was thinking of like how you build houses now to how people built houses like 100 years ago or something. And I was mm-hmm. thinking like now to get wood, we, we go to the store and we buy the wood. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, I, I actually didn't look it up. I should have looked this up. But if like someone were to just go out and chop down a tree for the wood, mm-hmm. could they do that? Because I know like, now almost everything is owned property. <laughs> would that be illegal to go and cut down a, a tree and take the wood, or is that perfectly uh, well, it fine where it now? Is. It depends where the tree is. Uh, if it's like unincorporated land, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's, there's permits for, for tree cutting of some kind. Because land, uh, especially in the more crowded areas of the country, is owned by somebody. It's either privately owned or it's government. It's government controlled. And so you can still cut. I mean, we have national forest land that the big paper companies cut trees all the time. Now, it's interesting that the, uh, the big newspapers are down to pamphlets. So we've actually saved the trees. The, the, the Internet has saved the trees because everybody used to get these massive, you know, Sunday newspapers that would take acres and acres. New York Times used, I don't know how many acres of trees it took to make one Sunday edition of the New York Times. Well, that's stopped now because, you know, the, the paper's out there. Uh, the Internet's out there and everything's being read online. So we've actually saved a ton of paper. It's kind of interesting. Uh, and so I wonder if they're being subsidized for the paper they're not buying anymore. That would be interesting, too. Anyway, as far as it goes, though, yeah. Um, so there would be a permit. You could cut it down. But everything's so regulated now in terms of buying a, a building a house. You'd have to, you have to contract properly. You have to get the building permits, the electrical permits, the plumbing permits. You'd have, to get, you'd have to own the land. You'd have to do all these other kinds of things in order to build your house. Now, I actually want to do that. I want to build a big old log cabin for myself, but uh, with modern stuff on the inside and big sky domes. So I might actually be looking into this at some point, you know, depending on how the show goes. But this might be kind of fun um, to look into. But, yeah, can you just cut a tree down? No. Uh, it depends where it is. It depends who owns it. It owns it. If it's in your property, yeah, but you still have to check whether it's an endangered species or not. We had this argument on the show, actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, Bill Fecky, 
you know, things that if it's on your property, you can cut it down. And I'm like, well, if it's an old growth oak or a special kind of tree or things like that, no, <laughs> because the tree was there before you, the tree's going to be there after you. And it, it's, it's part of our heritage and culture. And it's like, well, that's not much for individual rights. I said, yeah, it, well, it, it, that's an interesting question. Well, let me ask you that question. If a tree is on your property and it's an old growth oak, it's kind of a special tree, can the owner cut it down? I would say, yeah, if you want to cut the tree down, cut it down. I mean, to me, it's, okay. it's, it's a tree. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't see anything special about the different types. I know some are fun to look at, but mm-hmm. it being, like, specialty and things like that or, or rare, um, I just kind of see them all as trees. Like, I don't know. but yeah. No, that's okay. It's a different point of view. I, I would disagree with you. And uh, as one yeah. who's very, very environmental, very spiritual, trees are, are, are living things. I don't, I don't like to see living things, you know, hurt or killed unless there's a really good reason, like food you know, or, or, or paper or something like that. And then, again, uh, when I was in California, you know, I, used to, I was a tour guide in San Francisco, and I used to visit the redwoods. And redwoods are unbelievably beautiful trees. Now, most people don't want to cut down redwoods, although most of California was logged because the people said, that it's a tree. Um, not to not to denigrate your point of view. There's a lot of people that agree with you. I disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. Um, in Pensacola, a lot of folks are cutting down these beautiful old oak trees. It takes hundreds of years for those oak trees to grow. We're talking two, three hundred year old trees. You just can't replace that. And so the question is, in terms of rights, do does the property owner have exclusive rights over that tree, or is that tree part of an environment, even though it's on somebody's property, that the rest of us might want to enjoy, might want to look at, and the tree itself. You know, there's an interesting book uh, called Do Trees Have Standing? And I got this back in environmental philosophy back in college. And the question is, do natural objects, trees, mountains, lakes, things like that, do they have legal standing because they exist? Now, this is a very, what, one, what most people call a left-wing point of view. I don't care. <laughs> I'm all over the map politically. But the question is, do, you know, it's like a historic house. You know, do people have the right to tear down a historic house and build condos? I would say no, because that house, yes, you own it temporarily for the time that any one individual owns it, but it's part of our culture. It's part of our history. And the same thing with those trees. They're part of our culture. They're part of our history. They're part of our natural environment. So I would say if it's just, if it's just a, you know, the average tree, yeah, probably, especially if it's about to fall on your house in a hurricane like we have here. However, you know, at, at some point, Trees, you know, they live long enough to get historic. They get, uh, they get part of our culture, part of our history, part of everything else. I would say no. Even though it's on your property, they're, they're, no. We designate trees. That you can't cut that one down. That one stays. Build around it. Yeah, ultimately, I think that people should have the, like, final say, final decision, and, and final idea of what to do with their property and if their trees, plants, whatever they have. But I think um, I also take – more like the idea of like if you have something that's like that, like a hundred years old and it's really nice and stuff, I think you should probably like take a second to think about it and probably uh, if it's not really going to impact you much, not do it. Mm-hmm. But um, and I think like if you have property with like waterfalls and mountains and things like that, um, I think it's always good to be conscious of what you're doing and not just like go out and destroy things and make sure that it is going to actually um, help and not hurt as much. But I think ultimately um, we were put over the earth. Like 
mankind was built last, and we are supposed to like be in charge of rule over it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that overall we still have those decisions, especially if it's something that we own. But I think also you have to add like conscious decisions in there. But I think part of it might be a lot of people don't know their trees. Um, so it doesn't really affect them a lot of times because a lot of people might think, oh, it's, it's just a tree, you know. It's in the way where I want um, a shed to go and they will cut down the tree. And, you know, most people just don't know all the different kinds of trees. But No, no, it makes sense. Like I say, we, this is just something we disagree on. I would just say build around the tree. And I'm thinking, how would we get around that? I think trees should be designated, especially in urban areas. Like in Pensacola, that, where the beautiful these beautiful oak trees are, actually designate the trees. And if the government wants to to pay to preserve the tree, pay the owner, say, okay, this is this yes, it's your property, but this tree is being designated as a uh, you know historic tree, and so you, nobody can cut it down. They have a thing in in New England uh, because they're running short of farmland, and it was it was fascinating. Yeah, I think that would um, be okay. Okay, all right, fair enough. Like if if there was uh-huh. like. Like people who are like showing to like the environmental decisions and they have this um, idea that they want to bring to the government to implement, and the government says, okay, hey, we'll um, pay you with this from these people that want this done to mm-hmm. keep the tree there. And then people, if they agree to it, then I think that's a good idea. I think that would be a good idea and a good thing. Could be privately done too. There's. Um... The hunters, uh, through their um, hunters, are some of the greatest conservationists. The first land that was set aside uh, for wildlife preservation was set aside by hunters. Yeah, they wanted to to hunt ducks and deer and things like that. But the thing was that they understood that in order to have the ducks and the deer, you know, for the table, you know, they had to preserve the land that the ducks and the deer lived on, and and flew into and landed on. So you had wetlands and you had, uh, you know, wild, you know, open areas for for grazing and for 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 water. And so that was that not a bad thing. New England has a thing what they call uh, permanent easements. In other words, farmland. They preserve farmland, which is limited in New England because some it's so crowded up there. But they said that the, they set aside certain land as farmland. This is something they want to do here in Santa Rosa County. Pianki's on the line. I'll bring him on in just a second. But uh, the idea is that if it's farmland, it stays farmland. You can buy it. You can sell it. You can divide it up. You can do what you want. But it stays farmland. <laughs> so the original plot of land stays farmland, and that way you preserve your farmland. Same thing with open space. You know, you could designate certain areas as open space. Uh, and so if people, you know, it's, it, it's a different, there are different categories of land ownership. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wrestling question. There's no perfect answer on this one. That individual rights, do individual rights extend beyond your individual person? So in other words, do other people have the right to that historic tree uh, besides you, even though it's on your property? That's really the question we're asking. Yeah, and on the part about like, um, Whenever you're talking about like how hunters um, wanted them to have a habitat because they know that they um, have to have them in order to get them, and that brings back to something that I learned about it about hunters being crucial. Like you have to have hunters because if not, the animals will overpopulate and overgraze and cause a catastrophe and have starvation and die out. Hmm. <laughs> so, so how did they survive before there were hunters? How did uh, you know before people bought their um, you know, they're, they're uh, I don't know, um, Remington, you know, 30-06. How did, uh, or, or the lever action 30-30. You know, how did, how did deer well, populations regulate? Um, personally, I don't, for like as long as history goes back, people were always killing animals one way or another to eat. 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not exactly sure, like, when the time was where we weren't hunting animals. Um, but, so I, I really wouldn't know because I don't know what timeline that they didn't do that. Okay. Well, in, in nature, there's, there's a predator-prey relationship. So the predators of the deer would be wolves, cougars, animals like that. If there's an explosion of deer, you're going to have a whole lot of cougars and wolves born the next year. <laughs> you know, if you have a bad winter, okay. a lot of deer are going to starve, and you're going to reduce the predator population. So you just have more prey than predators, and that balance has gone on for millions of years. And so the idea that hunters are required to uh, adjust the population is, just, is simply wrong. Now, I'm not thinking it's hunting. In fact, I think it's good to be able to go out and do that so you know where your meat comes from. You actually have to do the job yourself, you know, so, but, uh, but, I would, but hunters need to realize that, no, um, it's one part of population control of animals, but it's, you know, the animals were, were regulating themselves long before hunters came on the scene. Let's bring Piaki in. We've only got a few minutes, and we've got Josie coming on in a bit. This has been a great hour. I thought, you know, we spent the whole hour on one chart. It's kind of fascinating. Piaki, you're on with uh, Brianna on the Government Inquiry Report. Well, if you got a tree on your property, if you want to cut it down, you should cut it down. What happens if you get disease? Who's going to take care of that? And okay, but assuming it's with... not, if you have a 300-year-old oak tree, does that... If it's on your property, if it's on my property, I'm going to cut it down if I want to. Yeah. Yeah, see, I Because if the roots get bad, it could fall over in your house and tear your house up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't like cutting down old then, trees. On Archer, I, I, I got a problem with that. You make a mention, you mm-hmm. make a mention with Archer Daniel Mitchell. Mitchell. Uh, corporations yeah. need uh, those uh, agriculture companies use subsidies because if they uh, at the price of the crops are too low to cover their expenses, they wouldn't wouldn't produce. They just go into something else. Then you have a void that would have to be filled or else people would just go without or have to import. And plus they do pay a pretty nice dividend. The annual dividend this year was a dollar sixty cents. So stockholders so, who are the public would earn that. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this over to Brianna because you raised two interesting points that are actually conflicting. In other words you can cut a tree down on your own property, but a corporation should have subsidies so it can make a profit. Brianna, personal well, they, welfare versus they have corporate welfare. To keep them going out of, it keeps them going out of business. Okay. Because no companies. So they go out of business. business. So they go out of business. That can, that's called a, well, that's called a, a, a free market. Grow the food. That's a good question. Well, I mean, what? go ahead, Brianna. I think if they can't produce a product that people want to buy or are willing to buy or, or want at all. Then, I mean, to begin with, it's probably not a good business, or you probably have to take more strides to get people to see it or, or notice it and stuff. And a lot of that comes from, like, pre-planning, and that's why people take demographics and, and different things like that to try and find the best way to get your product out of whatever you're selling. Because a business is always selling something because they have to in order to make money the right way. And I think... Like, it's almost like a bailout kind of. Like, if you're failing, I will give you these, like, subsidies to help keep you up, even though you know nobody really wants your product. Um, so I think I understand what you're saying about, like, well, what if it goes under? You want it to survive. You want people to be able to have a business. But um, also I think that's part of, like, the risk that you give with the free market because it's still taking money away from other people to give to this corporation but people don't really 
have any drive to keep this surviving because they don't want the product. And I think in that case, that person um, has to either, like, sell it or take a turn and try and um, find a different way to make a business or get a job somewhere else or something. Um, but there's so many other options that that person can do that because it is a free market. And it's part of, like, the risks that you have to take. That's why so much planning goes into starting a business. Yucky? Well, they usually give uh, farmer and agriculture businesses because they have a bad year. could be due to the weather or but they have insurance. Be, uh, controls. That's they have crop insurance for that. Control. Yeah, there's a private well, that's they have what crop the insurance. That's what the yeah. government uses in Friday, the crop insurance at a, a, a very discounted rate. So that there is something it's just like the milk industry. You go up the aisle where you have farms, milk uh, operations going out of business, you know, like once a week. So we've gotten to the point, I think, now you start importing milk from China. So is that a good thing? At one point, Walmart, I think they still do, they're starting to run their own dairy farms. Uh, McDonald's starting to run their own uh, beef farms. Because uh, normal farmer just don't do it no more because it's not profitable. Brianna, if you had to uh, kind of wrestle with the farm situation, uh, you've got government options and you've got free market options. You may not have thought about this, but uh, what uh, what would yeah, you I say now? Yeah, I right about like um, Walmart, they have like their own kind of brands and stuff that takes over like a lot of like the uh, local ones and um, other kinds of um, milk farmers where they don't, so their businesses go under because they can't um, compete with Walmart making their own. And I think that's why a lot of people that you've seen lately push for buying, like, local products and supporting local businesses and everything like that, because I think there is starting to be a pushback on big corporations taking over the little guys, which I think is a good thing. People should be fighting for that. Yeah, Walmart could could, uh, absorb the high cost and pass it off into other products. They've got a thousand products in this store where they could divvy up that loss into other profits, but a farmer can't do that. Same thing with chickens. Um, We're hearing a dog in the background here. Brianna, is that your dog? Yes, he's yeah, staring he at comment. me. Uh huh. Well, yeah. They have have a, a, yeah go ahead, Bianchi. It's the same thing with poultry. Uh, poultry farmers are used to raise the, uh, hatch the bird and raise it itself, all they do now is just provide their facilities where you have uh, your major poultry companies, they provide the baby chicks. So that things have changed quite a bit. Well, let me jump in here for a second. I understand, uh, uh, you know, that uh, the markets change, things change, and uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that corporations were actually owning their own farms, uh, dairy farms and, and beef and things like that. Um, my big thing is that the family farm, you know, is, is being gotten rid of by, by taxes, inheritance taxes, that the big corporations are buying up the small family farms. And so it's not that they're necessarily going out of business. There's a bunch of things that are happening. It's hard to do. 
I mean, farming is an economic uh, risk anyway. That's where there's crop insurance. Uh, and, but I think we're, we're not exploring enough options here. That the, the, they always want to look to the free market. Do we have to you know, give price supports to large companies to, to maintain the price of a good? I would say no. I would, I would tax the larger companies and uh, not tax the smaller companies, the small family farms. You know, I would have perpetual easements where land stays as farmland. One of the big problems with farms is that the land is so valuable. Good farmland is also good land for strip malls, condos, and, uh, and factories. And so as commercial land, it becomes, gets a much higher price. So people are forced, in, certainly in bad times, to sell their family farms. Well, I would stop that too. I would, like I say, I would have certain land set aside as permanent farmland. And so if you look to a free market, I would get rid of the price supports, um, all the supports for the big companies, tax the big companies, leave the small family farms alone up to maybe a certain size. And that, that would be an interesting uh, you know, determinant in itself. But there's always the free market solution. There's always a way to do this and preserve the economy. And if certain uh, products aren't desirable and certain, you know, if someone produces, uh, you know, pink mangoes and there's no market for pink mangoes, they're in the wrong business. <laughs> you know, go somewhere where there's a market for pink mangoes. You know, so I don't believe in that. I don't believe in subsidizing corn and ethanol. I don't believe in subsidizing any of these products. That's why we have a free market. And you don't have a free market if the government is issue. artificially doing it. Go ahead, Bianca. On the tax issue, um, uh-huh. I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about taxes, but um, I have learned about, like, kind of like the dangers of, like, if you tax, like, the profitable too much, then it makes people not want to become profitable and um, succeed or, or try and grow anymore because they know that it's going to come with a punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the reward has to be greater so than, yeah, the, than I guess the tax. That's something... Wait, sorry, what did you say? And then, uh... Well, the, the, and then, the reward... All right, hold on, Pianki, just for a second. The reward has to be greater than the tax. In other words, for, for people to go into business, they have to make more money than they're going to lose, obviously. And taxes are a business expense that gets passed on. So when, when the government raises taxes, particularly on, on certain industries for whatever reason, uh, and subsidizes others, like they raise tax on gasoline cars, but they're subsidizing electric cars. Well, that's an unfair advantage. That's corporate welfare for the electric car companies. Yeah. And so the government's trying to regulate the market. So if we go back to our libertarian chart, um, that's, that would be a corporate subsidy. That would be a economic regulation. That would be a, something from the left. You know? And so I disagree with that. Companies have to stand on their own. National Public Radio has to stand on its own. In fact, I would actually unfund it, let them, let them become a commercial station like everybody else. And so you've, you've got to always look for the free market solution. You know, it's like too big to fail. Well, we had to bail out Chrysler. Well, we have to bail out the banks. No, you don't. You let them fail. That's what a free market is. If you, if you reward the losers and punish the winners, you don't have a free market. You have a government-controlled economy, and that's fascism. Pianchi, you had a point. Yeah. Well, no, a small farm can't produce what a large farm is. No matter how many small farms you have, it just can't do it. The United mm-hmm. States is a net exporter of food, and they Uh-oh. supply food to countries that basically can't feed themselves, but those countries' governments subsidize the input of the food because the local people can't afford it. And that's just how they work. Now, free markets, I believe in fair trade, not open borders like we do with people walking over. Uh, the trade should be fair. If we take in 50 uh, bushels of your crop, you should be able to take in 50 bushels of our crop. But then you get into that position, the government on that side has to subsidize for its people because its people just don't have the money. 
especially if it was coming from small farms, because farms, small farms prices are much, much more expensive than you do with the commercial farms, because commercial farms can do a larger quantity. Yeah, but they taste terrible. Prices spread out. <laughs> yeah. You get a locally grown apple, it's fabulous. There's 140, you used to have 140 varieties of apple. Now we have like six. <laughs> you go to the stores. So the local farmers can produce things that the bigger farmers can't because they have that smaller economy of scale. Let me bring on Josie here. I want to play her theme and bring her in the conversation. And of course, Brianna, you're welcome to stay as long as you can. Um, but uh, if you have to go, then just you know, let me know. Uh, let me get uh, Josie here. And yeah, I think we're, we're, we're not exploring all the options. Like I say, you know, when, when you say that they're, they're going to go out of business, maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe there are more things we haven't considered. But it, it's like when the government says, well, we have to pay for this, otherwise, you know, or we have to subsidize, we have to bring in immigrants because Americans won't do the job. Well, if you stop paying uh, everybody to not work, then they will do the job. So there's always the, the, the unknown variable that's not considered. Let's bring on Josie in a bit. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. Now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossie knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Good morning, Josie. Feel free to jump into our our conversation. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Guten tag. Bonjour. Bonjour. Que pasa? (laughs) And greetings to Cuba. Not, Who's listening now? Yeah. Another cool day in Pensacola. Milton, oh, no kidding. Where we yeah. yeah. It's it been cold freezing. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I moved here so for the warmth, not, not for the global cooling. <laughs> go yeah, ahead. Brianna's on the line still, and uh, Pianchi's here too. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I've been listening, and uh, yes, I'm not a tree lover like you are. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, if I'm in California and the redwood, of course I don't want to touch that. But uh, my property is my property. I should be able to do whatever I want in my property, and that's how I feel. Can you dump waste on your property? No, I'm saying if I want to cut a tree, if I want to plant a tree, I I can do whatever I want. It's my property. It's not the government's property. It's my property. Okay. What if that tree we, is part of an erosion control system and that uh, that large trees soak up a whole bunch of water? And if enough people cut down enough trees, you're going to have erosion from uh, from like the, the incredible rains that we have here. What if it's actually part of the ecosystem that's necessary, even though it's on uh-huh. your property? Now what do you do? Well, I guess I won't be buying that property, so I don't have to okay. have that problem. But yeah. uh, in America, we worry so much about trees and murder the babies, and that's where I am with that. Oh, so well, if I would we worry say both. so much about human beings, I, uh, like we worry about trees, yeah. we would be in good shape. Yeah, but we can but, save uh, both. You know, we can we can end abortion and, and save course, our, some of our huge old trees. Oh, okay. Well, that's a, that'd be a great question. Is how do we how do we provide an incentive where this is so you know we're all disgusted by it. But the question is, the people that aren't of disgusted course. by it, how do we provide an incentive so that they don't? Uh, you know, first of all, you can just you, you just make it blanketly illegal. Um, 
finally the Supreme Court corrected the decision. I mean, Roe v. Wade was never legal. Um, Brianna, if you want to talk well, about that sometime, it's it's a fascinating uh, court case. We can do judicial activism. That's you, one of the uh, big ones to talk too. about. Go ahead, Bianchi. You see, uh, American farmers have mm-hmm. such a great yield that they have leftover that they can dump down into South America, mm-hmm. which causes the local farmers down there to go out of business. That's why you have such a uh, migration of farm workers coming up to work on American farms, by the way, which don't have to pay unemployment. It's in mm-hmm. unemployment for those particular activities. So the bigger person, I, I'm just sorry to say that the bigger entity, the way things are, is always going to. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been like this since the advent of man. Bigger entity always going to prevail. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I'll show well, you what you see. It. You got people talking about uh, working all day, then come home uh, growing their own garden. You got this movement. Mm-hmm. Well, people are not going to work all day and come home and grow a garden. <laughs> it's enough to feed the family and the neighbors. This ain't going to happen. Unless they work at home. No, and it's not. Well, see, look, I think, I go uh, with Brianna's comment earlier that a lot of places are decentralizing. Like, I look for farmer's markets. Uh, we've got uh, one I want to check out. You know, we've got the, you've got the Palafox market in Pensacola. We've got a, a market in Pace uh-huh. at a Baptist church. And we've got a bunch of different places. And people are doing that because they want the variety. They want the quality. They don't want the chemicals. They don't want the GMO. They don't want the factory apples. Exactly. They want uh, something different. You know, and so the market does work if you let the market work. But if you artificially give huge tax breaks to massive corporations and allow them to buy up massive amounts of farmland of family farms, you got a problem. I would protect the family mm-hmm. farm. I would protect the family farm from oh, the yeah. Chinese. Okay, I would protect the family farm from Bill Gates. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do to help our our farmers and still have a free market. I know that's not that that may sound like a contradiction. Uh There's a Soulard market in St. Louis, which is a farmer's market, Mm -hmm. and the stuff they sell is more expensive than Walmart. Well, it might be better. See, see, the price is also value. People will pay for value. The the price has to match the value. Like I'll buy something that's more expensive. You know, I, I don't buy a lot. I, I, want, I want to get a new guitar. Okay, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to go to, you know, local, you know, you know, Al's guitar shop. You know, and pick up whatever's on the rack, or, or you know, Fred's pawn shop. Even though they all both have guitars, I want something that's custom that, that works for me. So there's value in, in saving up for something that's really good. Same thing with, with with produce. I'll go out of my way for a farmer's market because it's got value for me. So it, yeah. the, the prices includes value, and that's a big part of it. And it's a big part of the discussion. Hey. And we have to support our local businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell a lot of young people. I say, quit ordering stuff on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Support your local businesses. Even if you go to the mall, buy the uniform. You don't have to buy it here. Go to the mall. Buy it at the other store. Support well, see, our COVID. local businesses here. Suppose your local businesses are donating to the likes of Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Hmm. I'm not spending the money with them. Yeah, no, I understand. Well, and you can you can judge who are you shop based on where they they do their corporation stuff. Like I wouldn't go to Bank of mm-hmm. America because they don't want to, they don't give anything to gun companies. You know, they don't let gun companies no. uh, have accounts. So so I wouldn't go to Bank of America. Well, but that's a free market UPS choice. UPS was doing the same thing too, and uh, we're still using UPS because that's what a lot of my big companies are using UPS. Yeah, you're you still know, protesting, though. If I was up to <laughs> me, I would have cut them off already. I use UPS because you know? I have to. 
Let me bring Brianna back in before she all has right, to go. All right, let me get oh. to my report. Okay, in that case, all right, Brianna, hold on. Brianna, you got to jump in whenever you get a chance. Don't be shy about this group. We, we all talk and here. And mute your phone because it's loud. Let's go back to, uh, yeah, cause, and mute your phone when we, yeah, because we have uh, the dog in the background. If you're not Jessie, talking, mute your phone. I'm sorry, Josie. All right, I'm going to have to go. Okay. But uh, okay. definitely keep using UPS because, you know, I want my dad to have job security. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, okay. So, well, yeah. Put um, the word in. That's fine. Plugs are okay. Yeah, but <laughs> good discussion. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye. And, uh, put, let, let's put the dogs in the next room next time. <laughs> so moving to a different, different part of the house. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brianna. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. So, All right, Josie. So the what's situation going on? in Brazil is uh, everybody's in the street. Millions of people are very upset. Uh, President Bolsonaro, uh, he's telling people just to be peaceful, and you know the same thing Trump was saying after the election mm-hmm. was stolen and all that. And um, but uh, I truly believe that the people from Brazil will not let this election be stolen by this criminal crook uh communist that so why uh, are they why are they fighting so much and why is our population a bunch of cowardly wimpy girly men what's different about brazil uh, well uh the american people obey laws they settle for what they tell you you must do because that's what we were brainwashed as children obey the law settle for that and be peaceful and all that, but in the Latino countries in Brazil country, it's a little bit different because they know this guy is a crook. This guy went to prison because he he money laundered millions and millions of dollars, and, and they know who he is. And, and us here in America, we know who the Clintons are. We know who Obama is, Biden, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Susan Rice, all these other Crooks. Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell. Years and years and years, and and nobody does anything. And uh, it's just, well, I hope they wake up soon. But um, I believe the uh, elections in America, uh, they're trying to to recheck the counts and all that. And uh, and we all know it that they stole Georgia, that they stole Arizona. We we know it. We know Mm -hmm. it. And oh, they got money no to do it. it. The, the Republicans sell it too. They got the money from FTX, so the the Ukraine money laundering bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell spent money on Rhino transgender Democrats uh, instead of on America yeah. First Trump Republicans. So there is much in it. There's 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 two parties. There's a, there's Trump America Firsters us, uh, and there's yeah. uh, deep state uh, Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, that's the problem. So you can't have a free election like it, that. If you got one party stealing and the other party letting them do it. Who do you go to? But uh, I believe uh, Arizona is going to be fixed, and so is Georgia. The evidence are going to come out. And uh, they need to start arresting all these people behind all this criminal fraud, treason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy Pelosi should not just retire and go home with a little paycheck. She needs to go straight to Gitmo. And uh, I can hardly wait to see that. That's, that will make me happy. To see all these criminals go, IRS, CIA, FBI, many media uh, outlets 
should be shut down and put in Gitmo, be arrested for all the crimes. Ilham Omar should be deported straight to Somalia where she belongs. Obama should be deported straight to Kenya where he belongs. Let them do their corruption in their own countries. Leave us alone. We had enough of this corruption in America. Uh, but uh, the elections will be fixed. Uh, hopefully, President Trump will finish the next two years coming up uh, next year and then run for 2024, which he never said that he was running for 2024. He just said he was running for president because he's coming back. That's the reason he didn't mention the year that he's going to be. No, he did. He said 2024. In... I didn't no, he didn't. You sure? Well, he said he was so, running for president. The only time you can run for president okay. is 2024. Yeah. Because we already have an illegal occupant yeah, now. But see, he didn't say the year because he's coming back sooner. Because mm. if we allow these demons to do mm-hmm. two more years, our country is going to be impossible to fix, Greg. And uh, we have to you don't know that. all of America. You don't know that. Huh? You know, it's, it's, everyone know. makes these grand projections. And it's like Pianchi talking about all these farms will go out of business. And it's like, well, you don't know that. You know, there's, there's, there's so many variables that go on here. Um, well, it's an interesting article. they're destroying I was going to everything, right? Well, yes, they are. They're destroying everything on purpose. They're sending okay. drones to destroy manufact- food manufacturing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're burning, burning them down. They're mm-hmm. killing millions of chickens. They're killing cattle, like, out of control. Uh, the Mississippi River's dry. They're doing all this on purpose to starve the American people. And the American people, they're just wandering, looking down with their cell down because that's the agenda, you know, to look down. You don't know what's going on. The young people don't have a clue what's coming. And, uh, and, and these people are criminal, and they've been planning this for a long time. So this fraud, this uh, agenda has to stop, and I don't think we can take two more years of this at all. And and they want to vaccinate everybody now. They want to make sure everybody gets the boosters. I mean, it, this is this is insane. And and none of these people, Republican leaders, are doing nothing about it to stop the killing of innocent children going to CVS or Walgreens because now it looks like a like a emergency little room in those stupid store, uh, you know. And it's all about the money, and that's exactly uh, what's happening. The fraud the money, the hospitals. I still have nurses saying, oh, so-and-so told me I have to get the vaccine. If not, I cannot get the job. I said, what? This is over, you know? And, and our you know, we talked about that earlier. It's, uh, let's hop on that point because you make a really good point here. And we, you and I talked about this. And we told folks, don't, mm-hmm. don't get the jab. Leave your job. You're going to get your job back. It's going to come back because mm-hmm. it has to because what they're doing is illegal. And we didn't know when. But if yeah. you notice now, the military, Trump's already promised to bring the military back. Uh, all these folks, they're suing, oh, yeah. they're getting their jobs back. But corporations, they're going to be forced to give people their jobs back, too, and back pay. This is going to be a massive lawsuit. It's going to cost them far more than if, just, if they just it let is. people working. But those people that traded their health for a job that they were going to get back, and they, they didn't even do something else, Dad. that was a huge mistake. And we all told people, we said, don't get the jab. I got reports on that now, too. I got some articles you know, for, the, for the hour after you. But, yeah, they, they didn't yeah. have to do it. You they, know, just, Brad, they have to have a little faith. Yeah, uh-huh. One of my best friends in Miami, he's an executive at a bank, and during the pandemic, he mm-hmm. was working from home, this young man. Mm-hmm. And the banking, the corporation insisted that he needed to get the job, even though he was mm-hmm. sitting at home 
not around no one. And uh, this was a battle for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they ever dropped the lawsuit, but he had to hire a lawyer. He spent a lot of money. Poor guy, man. Yeah. He went through a lot because he refused to get the job. And I have a friend right now from Nigeria. Uh, he's in England at the moment before he was in Japan. And I keep sending messages and video, do not get the job, do not. And he's in the military. Mm-hmm. Now he kind of is stuck in the U.K. because our corrupt military government told him, in order for you to go home, you have to get the job. So mm-hmm. he said, well, I guess I have to be in England for a while because I'm not getting the job. I'm no, not no, doing that. The record is terrible. No. I've got some new reports on that, too. Um, you said something mm-hmm. earlier about deporting Obama and Ilhan Omar. That would be, that's an interesting uh, uh, thing to I do. I would love so, to do that. Well, see, but see, I would, I would actually that you could do that, but you need to do something first. You need to because there's an awful lot of people in their position, people that were born here, uh, or people that have fraudulent birth certificates, which is Joe Sheriff Joe Alparo ruled Obama's birth certificate of fraud, so he's he's not a citizen in terms of that, and could never have been president. Ilhan Omar, no. you know, fabricated her immigration papers, committed fraud on those immigration papers. I'm not sure about the marrying yep. the brother thing, but uh, she's certainly a fraud. So she, she, her she citizenship needs a, to be revoked. She came in with the people that brought her in. She's using their name. That's not even her real name. She's a no, fraud I believe that. 100%. Yeah. Yes. So what you do, though, is, and this is something people should understand, too. Now, you and I know this because we're naturalized citizens, that a naturalized citizen can lose their citizenship very easily if you work for another government, you can lose your American citizenship if you're naturalized. If you're born here, you can't. But if you're naturalized, mm-hmm. if you work for another government, if you, work for, if you serve in another military, your citizenship mm-hmm. can be gone. And so there's very – I forgot what the ways are, but uh, – well, I should look it up actually yeah. while we're talking. Ways to revoke if your you citizenship. If you commit so, fraud while you're a citizen, you can lose your citizenship, Greg. Uh-huh. Yeah. They can take it away. And Ilham Omar should have been gone a long time ago. And the other squad, I forgot uh, the other, Talia, whatever her name is. Or she did people are criminal. Yeah, these people were put in place by Obama, by the way, the same way that uh, Zelensky in Ukraine was put by Obama in 2014. Yeah, so this mm-hmm. is all a corruption, fraud. Uh, they're destroying America. They're destroying all this country, Colombia, Venezuela, Mexico, Israel. Our mm-hmm. government, corrupt government, is behind all these elections with those machines, together with Venezuela. And the Brazilian people know it. The Colombian people know it. Exactly what's happening. And, and, uh, but a lot of Colombians are hoping and praying for Trump's return to clean up house in all those countries. So I don't know uh, what's going to happen with Brazil, but... Uh, uh, the people are on the street. The people don't want this crook in office. But mm-hmm. I don't know if the president's going to show all the evidence right now. They're waiting. But they do have all the evidence of all the fraud. The same thing we have it here also. Yeah. So I don't know how soon it's going to come out to present it all. Or they're hmm. going to try to fix this second term right now and then present everything. I'm not sure how how it's going to come about, but it will come out. Yes. Well, here's the thing, though. If all right, why don't you go to Bianchi? Then I'll ask a question. Bianchi. Go ahead, Bianchi. Or maybe you didn't have a question. I thought I heard. I thought I heard his voice. All right. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's here's a strategy for you, though. If you're if you're in the Trump Inner Circle Advisory Council, 
if he serves out the remainder of this term, you know the Democrats are going to say, well, he, gets, he's, he served his two terms. He can't serve in the next one. And I was reading the 22nd Amendment, uh, and it doesn't quite cover this particular situation. So the question is, if he oh, yeah. serves, is it better for him to serve this term and be challenged in running in 2024, or is it better to serve in 2024, have a, a hopefully a House majority stop Brandon? So basically everything's put on hold for a couple of years. Um, what do you, if you're advising rather, Trump, I would rather for him to run the next two years, Greg, because uh, we desperately need our country fixed. Yeah, this is not good. What's happening to this country? And the illegals are pouring in left mm-hmm. and right. Uh, our uh, our patriots are suffering so bad in that prison. I didn't know how bad it was. Uh, Tucker last night had a guest. This lady, that her husband, uh, they released him because he's dying of cancer. They're letting mm-hmm. him die. She was telling us on Fox last night that... Uh, 44 men are allowed to use one finger pl- clip, like nail clipper, <laughs> one for 44 men. They're being poisoned on their food, on their drinks. They're trying to make the, all of them very sick and ill. Um, this guy, uh, his mustache was so long that he can hardly eat. He's not used to having a mustache that long since he got arrested. And they refused to send him to be clean. So this guy with the nail clipper, he cut hair by hair in order for him to have his mustache cut. This is a disgrace that we are allowing for our U.S. citizens to suffer like if they were terrorists and they're not. And, And these people need to be held accountable for humanity abuse. They're talking about humanity abuse of all those illegal uh, corrupt criminals coming through the border. And we Mm -hmm. are treating our own people worse than any terrorist ever in the world. This is, this has to stop. We need to go millions of us right in the Capitol again and get these people out. And no one is moving a finger. I'm I'm ashamed of my uh, Matt Gay, uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, any of this uh, leader in office, no one is doing anything to rescue these people. This is worse than being in Cuba, what they were describing that they're doing to these people. No wonder mm-hmm. these people are, are, are asking, please send us to Gitmo because we're probably going to be better treated than here in D.C. And, you know, well, here's, in D.C., here's how they and come I know out. You... Yeah, here's how they could come out. Huh? January 3rd, Republicans take over the House. So if the Republicans, if they actually had some balls, which I sincerely doubt, but here's one way they could do it. I don't think they will, but they could. They could hold up the budget because all revenue bills start in the House. They could defund the entire left-wing state by simply refusing to consider a budget bill until all the D.C. prisoners are released. They could do that, mm-hmm. and that would be a major effect. That would, that would cause them to go out because the government shuts down, and the Republicans say, well, we're not going to sponsor it. We're not going to uh, give you any revenue until these people are out. They'd well, be out. I hope I hope and pray that they will have the Senate also, which we want the House and the Senate. We just have to prove it that there are nothing Where's but a fraud. Now? What's the what's the current numbers in the, in the Senate? Is it forty nine fifty or number 40, at the moment? Right, let me check it out. But uh, the key point, uh, uh, Mike Landell was talking about the key point to this whole thing is Arizona. Period. He said that's it. 
and uh, and and Carrie is it Carrie Legs? She um, uh-huh. she's standing she's standing firm because she won that election, and we all know it. And of course, she people, won it. These people are great. These people are so stupid. They play the same little game over and over again. They they try to cheat with the same state instead of trying to grab another state. I mean, these people uh, are running out of ideas uh, to be a fraud and crooked. Uh, it is time to stop them, and and they will be stopped. And and I can hardly wait. My stomach has been like in, just nervous thinking about all this thing coming, and it is coming. We just have to be patient, and I know a lot of people are not patient. Uh, one of my friends from church, he goes, I cannot stand Donald Trump. I said, why? Because <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to shut up. I don't like the way he's talking about Ron DeSantis. I said, I said, don't you know that he's playing a game against this radical left fake news? Don't you know? Anything that Donald Trump doesn't like, they love. You know how they were with Bill Barr. First they had a Bill Barr. They oh they love Bill Barr. Oh they love Jeff Sessions. They love you know what I mean. So uh-huh. anything that Trump rejects or he talks bad about it, they're gonna love. So you have to play so, their little game. So here's the question: Who is behind DeSantis? Because I don't remember him ever expressing a, a desire to run for president. Now, he might just be quiet about it, but I think this is Democrat. I think it's purely Democrat-inspired. I think it's totally – it's either totally states between those two to, to generate attention. No, but, I don't think so. But, but if the more likely scenario is the Democrats always want to run the Republican elections. They always want to tell the Republicans how to win, which, of course, is how to lose. I mean, they give all bad advice. So if you're a Democrat, it makes sense to start a war in the Republican Party between Ron DeSantis and, and uh, Donald Trump. So I think this is purely yeah. Democrat-inspired, Democrat-funding, Democrat-run. And anytime you hear, especially when you hear a rhino Republican, they're like, yeah, that's great. Uh-huh. I don't understand this Republican hatred for Donald Trump. Uh, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. They seem to love the Democrats more. Where do you think it comes from? Or, or do, you, do you know how we would find out who's, who's behind this push to Sanders thing? Because I guarantee you it's Democrats. I don't think I don't think Ron DeSantis is going to run for uh, 2024. I think he's going to run maybe as a vice president, but not as a president. I don't think so. I think it's no, Donald Trump I would be surprised to see him. Yeah. Mm. Well, here's another question for you, too. Uh, Ron DeSantis, I think, would be a good president, but Donald Trump is going to be, again, a great president and a statesman. He has vision that nobody best. else in the country has. He is, he's in a unique no. position in history where he already knows yep. that everybody on the left and the media and, and half the Republican Party hates him. So he already knows that. He's already been through the first term. Yeah. He's in a unique position. Yeah. He doesn't care. Okay? So he knows exactly what they're going to do. He knows what he can do. He knows he has to fire most oh, yeah. of the federal government uh, to get rid of all those people. But he'll do things because of what he knows now, because he's been president and he has four years to reflect on that. He can come back in 2024 as absolutely brilliant. And this is what I'm hoping for. And I'm hoping to uh, you know, yeah. incorporate a lot of our bills into his, his platform, particularly the constitutional amendment so. to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. So here's what I'm thinking, yeah. that uh, the Republican, if the House stays Republican, they can pretty much hold things up. Uh, they can hold up a lot of stuff. They can hold up the budget. They can hold up, uh, uh, they can't hold up judicial appointments. That'll be up to Mitch McConnell. Yeah. God help, God help us. McConnell. Well, he's actually good at that. All right. The current, mm-hmm. the current Senate is 50 Democrats, 49 yeah, Republicans. What's that? What? Mitch McConnell will be gone, but the reason why you would want Trump then DeSantis, then you would carry, you would carry conservative 
uh, shall I say, rule into 2032. Yep. Exactly. That's the main mm-hmm. thing. And you if people are so concerned about Carrie Lake, that's the, yeah, on Cary Lake, the people of Arizona is the ones that are supposed to come out and protest what's going on out in Louisiana. I don't have, I can't go over there and say, it, say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the people themselves don't complain, protest, and make the changes, exactly. then people a thousand miles away, they have no just no reason to uh, be hooping and hollering. Mhm. The people there have to stand in in protest and, and go scream at the top of their lungs, you know, about this fraud. You're right, Bianchi. You know, it's it's hard for other people to come and fight your battle right there. But of course, this is this is a benefit for the whole country, of course, you know. But this corruption has been going on for years and years and years. That's why these people. They know they've been getting away for so many years, and uh, it's, the game is over. It's, it's, it's almost to an end. It's, it can hardly wait. Hmm. Yeah, it's coming. I remember uh, King, Martin Luther King coming to St. Louis. It was black preachers that told him to go out, go away, to get out. But you know, funny mm-hmm. thing, too, when we, we had the uproar in Ferguson, and Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson came, it was the people that told them, go back where you came from. We don't need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what did uh, black preachers have against uh, Martin Luther King? What was the, or pastors? What was the, what was the issue? Uh-huh. Jackie? Yeah, oh, what did you say? One more, repeat that, please. Uh, what was the issue with, uh, with black uh, preachers and pastors with, with Martin Luther King? Why were they, why were they against him? Because he was coming out of the South and, and, he, and he was coming into the North. People have different attitudes, different uh, views in the North. Uh, blacks was doing just, they wouldn't have those same issues that people in the South was having. Huh. Wow, so much for racial unity. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> but that's, that's fascinating. <laughs> that, that's really interesting. Yeah. Proving once again, people do not think exclusively with their skin color, contrary to the leftist belief they would indoctrinate you with. You know, I don't think white. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You know, I don't, I don't go, you know, through, like I said, I don't go through my day thinking, what would a white person do in this situation, Greg? You know, so it's, it's kind of funny, but uh, that's, well, you know, what it really comes down to, I think, is power. You know, Martin Luther King had a whole bunch of power and, and, uh, uh, and a whole lot of respect from a whole lot of people. And that, to me, if you're, uh, if, you know, if you're a black pastor and, and Martin Luther King, as a black pastor, is coming through your area, then your power is not as much. And so I think a lot of this is, mm-hmm. is, is, is jealousy. It's just like in politics. You know, Trump had so much power and so much adulation and so much uh, respect from, from all of us, you know, we the people. I mean, all of the people. I mean, it wasn't a, a racial or an ethnic or a, or a, or a money class thing. I mean, if he, he had respect from, from people of every group you can think of. Well, that's a threat to power. Except, except from the CIA and FBI. They didn't like what Martin Luther King didn't agree with, and they, that's why they killed him. You know, yeah, this, uh, this, uh, the same thing they did with JFK, you know, and I believe a lot of this is child trafficking and child trafficking has been going on for years and years and years. And I believe that's why they got rid of uh, uh, Martin Luther King and JFK. These people are corrupt. Mm, I don't, I don't think so. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. If you, if you look at why, 
Yeah, let's look at who benefits, okay? Follow the money and follow the power. So that's my new mm-hmm. thing. So in terms of Martin Luther King, who benefited uh, from his assassination? Other black leaders who wanted to take over, for one. Uh, leaders that wanted to turn, you know, the, judge not the color of your skin, judge the content of your character into affirmative action. Mm. You know, so that was, so there's, there's one source. Who else gained? Uh, anybody that didn't want civil rights, that didn't believe in equality, mostly the Southern Democrat Party. You know, who else, who yeah. else gained from Martin Luther King? You know, who was he a challenge to? Well, he was a challenge to other Republicans, you know. So, but mm-hmm. who, who, who really gained, I think, was the really uh, gained when he, uh, when he was assassinated was the military-industrial complex in Vietnam. He was dead against the Vietnam War, if I remember. Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, and so those who were for – and the same, that's the same thing with Kennedy. I really think it came down to uh, Cuba, not invading Cuba. And the uh, lack of support, I mean, he had advisors in, in Vietnam, but he didn't escalate it anywhere near as much as Johnson did. And if you're, if you're the military-industrial complex, if you're committed to making your fortune, nation-building, that's why we were in Afghanistan for 20 years. It wasn't a national security thing. It never was. Well, mm-hmm. And if there were Taliban there, there go in and kill them and then go home. You know, I mean, you know, if you have Taliban that attacked us, kill them and then go home. You don't need to attack them for mm-hmm. 20 years. God, Bianca, what do you think? They weren't against the war because of people being killed. Because look at the number that Pol Pot killed. Mm-hmm. They were against the war because money was spent there wasn't spent on social programs. Oh, that's interesting. That's but what you assassinate, the war for. That's not enough to assassinate Martin Luther King over. Well, it could have been many reasons why it come. You had many factions out there that probably wanted to kill him. Okay. But I'm saying that his movement his uh, opposition to the uh, Vietnam War wasn't because people were being killed. Because, like I said, Pol Pot killed, what, over 1.5 million, mm-hmm. uh, something of that nature. His opposition yep. for the war, as we still see it today, mm-hmm. is that they don't want – they want the money to go to social program rather than being uh, spent in the military. And the military mm-hmm. puts a lot of people to work. Unless you make the military a social program. I don't hear calls from the Democrats wanting to cut military spending now. In fact, they're all for these budgets because the military has become a social program. So if you can't beat them, join them, right? The military used to be the military. I don't think it became a social program because at one point, I forget what year it was, it stopped uh, taking just the normal recruit because they wasn't technological savvy enough in order to be able to man the technology, like, for instance, in the Navy, uh, that mm-hmm. they had at their disposal, or should I say they were switching over to. Mm-hmm. So they put a big restraint on who could uh, get into the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's become a technological war. You know, a, a person on a computer, you know, in Indiana, who has a satellite link up to a drone um, anywhere in the Middle East, for example, has far more power than, uh, than uh, a grunt carrying a rifle. You know, it's a fascinating thing that's changed, but the military has become such a social experiment that uh, I oh, think yeah. that the, the, the left doesn't, doesn't care as much about military spending because they know it still goes to their social programs. And it's something I didn't really think of uh, until, you know, this morning. But... Um, yeah, getting back to the question. Okay, so let's let's talk about John Kennedy for a minute because Josie brought this up. Who benefited mm-hmm. the most from from his assassination? And that's the usually who the, uh, he was a Democrat. How they benefit? 
No, I know, but they they didn't want. See, they disagree uh, with him, and he wanted to do other things as president, and they didn't want him because you have to follow the Illuminati, you have to follow the Masons, and they've been in control of this country for years and years and years. Yes, I don't buy it. I don't buy that, but but I will I will say that there there are people. Well, who but do it want to is. Kill. Look at Kanye West. He's being controlled by them, and. And he's exposing a lot of people. He said his mother was sacrificed. Bill Cosby's son was sacrificed. Whitney Houston. I mean, all these people. Uh, Carrie, uh, what's her name? Carrie Perry or whatever her name. That singer. Holly she Berry? started as a Christian. Now, now she's like worshiping the devil, and and you can hear her crying in one of her concerts. She's tired of this. She don't want to Who's do it this? anymore. I don't know who we're talking about. Carrie Perry or something, a singer. I forgot her name. Carrie Underwood? The Christian. Oh, the country singer? No, 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 not Carrie Underwood. Okay. I think Mariah Carrie, Carrie? Carrie. Mariah Carey? No, it's another, it's another white girl, Christian. But, but the Illuminati's been in control. And, and who are a lot of the Illuminati's? They're Jewish people. They own Hollywood. They own this. They own Okay, everything. so they, they, uh, let, let they me hold you up right there. Stars. Yeah, no, yeah. the the Jewish conspiracy thing that Jews own the world. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna no, buy that either. You get some points to this. Well, let's let's talk about. Me, all right, so if you want to talk about individual ownership and things in control, uh, let's let's let's, let's get specific. So give me some specific people. Who are we let talking me about? Get, let me get specific with you. Okay, there is some truth to what she says because the Rothschild family still exists today, and here's yes, a they do. celebrity yeah. network describing them. It says some people claim the Rothschild Empire today is worth trillions of dollars thanks to the vast interest in global currency debt, like U.S. Mm-hmm. debt, the interest that's paid on the debt. So they're buying treasuries? Banking. They're buying treasuries and holding our debt. Okay, so Rothschilds are, Banking. are from where? Where are they from? What's their, what's their background? You don't know about the Rothschilds? Yeah. I do, but I want, to hear, I, want to, I want to get specific. I haven't studied them. So which country, oh, which wow. family, which religion, which culture? What are we talking about? Give me some specifics. Well, they're Jewish. They're Illuminati. They're Jewish family. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. Jewish family from where? Well, they, they, they're British financiers, and uh, Mara Rothschild sent five of his sons to five different nations, being Italy, France, and and three others in order to establish the banking system in those nations back in real early on in the in the history of this country. Jacob Rothschild, no family still is not as powerful because you have the advent of technology and you know, like mm-hmm. you're just Bezos and your and your Telstar Telstar man. But uh, no, they still have those interests. They still control they own the world uh, with the uh, um, United Nations, the Pope, England. They own the world. Those three, those three, and uh, and then uh, George Soros came along, and he's part of it. Uh, Obama is part of it. Bill Gates is part of it. Uh, Oprah became such a mega billionaire because of adrenochrome and child trafficking in Africa. She goes to act like if she's helping all those African children, but she she kidnaps a lot of the kids every year to uh, uh, traffic them. It, this Hollywood is sick and corrupt, and it's been going on for a long time. And and like Kanye West was saying, and, and others, not just him, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't like what you're doing, they'll put you in a mental home and start giving you medication. <laughs> and you know what? Canada, Canada is about to do that right now. One other doctor came as a whistleblower saying, if you're not vaccinated, they're going to claim that you're mentally ill and start yeah, giving you mentally I'm going to cover that yeah, next hour. Th- yeah, that's I've already what got that. Yep. To my girlfriend's uh, uh, cousin, Blanquita, in in Canada. Mm-hmm. She has lost her mind. Uh, she didn't want to get vaccinated at first, and finally they got her to the vaccine, and uh, she's a different person. They're trying to steal everything she owns because she has a lot of money, and uh, and, and now they cut her phone. We cannot even get, uh, get to her right now. So mm-hmm. Canada... It's uh, it's 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 bad what they're doing right now in Canada. It's not good, not good. Yeah. No, I know People it's terrible. Um, I have um, get them out. Remember a Canadian reporter who was on in February, Jennifer Clark. Remember yeah. when she was on? Very emotional. Uh-huh. Very, she was one. She was there with the truckers in Ottawa. So I'm trying to get her back on the mm-hmm. show. So we're going to get a Canadian report. Um, I'm interested actually in, in Pierre Polivier, the the, the uh, French Canadian politician who's going to be running for prime minister. Uh, he's conservative. And so watch Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada's in, Canada is, is ripe for a, a basically a, a, a civil revolution, a peaceful one, because uh, Canadians are yeah. too excited about stuff. But we'll see. So I got the Rothschilds here. I got yeah. Britannica. Rothschilds are uh, Rothschild family, the most famous of all European banking dynasties. Not that the Medici were, but maybe it's different. Uh, that's an earlier time, which for some 200 years exerted exerted great influence on the economic and indirectly the political history of Europe. The house was founded by Meyer Amschel Rothschild. Uh, in February 23rd, Amshel. 1744. What's that? Amshel. Amshel. Okay, good. Thing. Amshel. 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 Okay. Amshel. Uh, where we got here? Amshel. Watch out. And they got other than there, too. Okay. Meyer and his sons became international bankers, establishing branches in London, Vienna, and Naples, that would be Italy, uh, by the 1820s. In addition to banking and finance, the Rothschild businesses have encompassed mining, energy, real estate, and winemaking. Yeah, Chateau Lafitte Rothschild is one of those, you know, those wines that you get if you really like winning up there. Uh, Rothschild business have encompassed, okay, from the early 19th century, the family has been known for its considerable charitable activities, particularly in the arts and education. Does not mention them being Jewish. Uh, is that an oversight on their part, or is that not right? Yeah, they're Jewish. They grew up in Frank. They started off in the ghettos of Frankfurt, Germany. Yes, they're Jewish. Okay. They and are that, matters, that matters how. Because it's the, the club. people on Hollywood, see, you they got, own everything in America. Okay. Well, what you about got relig- you got Jewish, Jewish? You got Jewish the religion. You got Jewish the club. Uh-huh. It's the club, yep. just like the Mormons. It's a club. Yep. Don't buy it. Yep. It's okay. No, I, you I, don't I, have to buy it, but we know it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're lumping an entire religion, uh, you know, as a conspiracy We're because of the religion. We're not talking about religion. We're just talking about Jewish men, wealthy. They own Hollywood, they own Illuminated, they own the Masons, they own everything. They control any any models, any any movie stars. They're all being controlled, all of them. If you don't like it, well, they hang you, and they say you committed a suicide, you die. So why don't we have Jewish Mara actors? Why don't, why don't we have uh, a lot of famous Jewish actors? That these Jewish studios, studios are so powerful. You know, why are they hiring mostly Christian actors? Just a curious thought. Well, it's because things have changed. Meyer came up under the apprenticeship of uh, one of the Oppenheimers back in those days. And at one point in time, Jews did. Yeah, the Meyer's German. The the Rothschilds are German, too, believe it or not. 
So is Einstein. But, uh, he's, he's German and Jewish as well. I mean, I, like I say, I don't, I don't find the Hitler, Not this one. Uh-huh. That was one of the that was one of the complaints that Hitler had that the uh, German people can't get their money out of their own money out of the bank. You talk about you know, the power was, uh, of the Jews. They did it one time. They were the National Basketball Association. And, and you know, you know the sad part that the sad part, Greg, that mm-hmm. most of my most of my sales reps are Jewish for my business, and I know them for thirty something years. Yeah. And most of them, they love to be Democrats, and the Democrats hate Israel. These well, see, that I do agree with. Yeah, there is, yeah, you and look I at. You look at Jewish voters, predominantly they're very much anti-Israel, the liberal ones. Let me welcome Warren back to the show. It's been a while since he's been on. Uh, Warren's a fellow blog talk host uh, with his own show. Why you, Warren, why don't you give yourself a shameless plug and, and join in here and tell me what's on your mind. <clears throat> Greetings. I'm the host of New Orleans Wake Up, Brother Warren. Been traveling for, for most of this year, been back in town. and uh, trying to get back, Trying to get back with it there. I, uh, <clears throat> yesterday I was I had tuned in as I was preparing breakfast, and it mm-hmm. was something said historically inaccurate, or inaccurately historical. I want to correct. Sure. Uh, Mr. Mr. Pianchi mentioned the Black Panthers going into the state assembly in California and running mm-hmm. the people out, and that needs to be put in a historical context. And I think that once you understand the context, U.S. conservatives should be supporting the Black Panthers' actions at the time. Uh, the Black okay, well, Panther Pianchi's Party, here, so you can, you can talk directly to him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Black Panther Party had gotten word that one of the California State Assemblymen was going to pass a legislation to make it illegal to bear arms and open in California. And, you know, the Black Panther Party believed in carrying their guns uh, as a way to protect the community from police violence and brutality. So they decided to go to the California Assembly to protest this action. They went with their guns, which was not illegal. As they walked into the, because uh, they were going to go to the balcony, because you were able to go to the balcony and observe the deliberations and debates on the floor. As they walked in, they asked the reporter where to go. And the reporter directed them to the chamber floors. And as they walked onto the chamber floors, that's when the confusion started. But they didn't Wait, there wasn't the a, there wasn't out. a door. <laughs> there wasn't a door to the chamber with a with a, a guard or or somebody outside. That's usually and, how it works. The, 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 the reporter pointed that direction, so they, they went in there. And so, therefore, conservatives should be supporting the Black Panthers' effort at that time wait, to wait, wait. fight against. Yeah. So, how do you how do you well, connect the reporter's misdirection? Okay, go ahead, Bianca. Let yeah. me uh, let me let me answer this. And uh, good morning to you. It was the morning. attorney. That, it was the attorney that was on the show yesterday that made mention that the assembled people was ran off. The floor. I never said that. My point was well, is that well, can, well listen, the fact I, of the matter, the one time. Talk. Hold up. Hang on. One time, Bianchi first. You know, you got oh. this tendency that you don't. You, you liberals don't want conservatives to talk. Now, is it okay if I explain? Go ahead, Bianchi. 
and I said before, it was the attorney that said that. And you know more about it than I do. My point was, should it, they be considered as wanting to take over the state government the way they're trying to consider that people in January 6th, all of them, wanted to take over the U.S. government. That was my point. Okay, well, if if I erroneously attributed those remarks to you, then I apologize for that. I just heard that statement. Uh, The second point uh, i like to bring up is, uh, Josie, I had a chance to visit Nicaragua uh, in February or January of this year. I went, uh, I was was invited uh, by a group. Uh, We went for one of the programs to inaugurate uh, Daniel Ortega in his his, uh, re-election. I went there, so I actually had a chance to meet him. I actually had a chance to meet him. Oh, (laughs) no. And and I also want to say this, too. I heard you all talking about uh, Jews and so on and so forth. That is not a good way to approach that topic. Because it does come across but it's the truth. as if you're condemning, why do you think you're I condemning the whole. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's why, why I challenge you. I applaud you. Yeah. I applaud you. I I applaud you. But what I Hold will on, say, Greg, what I will say is there's a book called An Empire of Their Own, How the Jews Invented Hollywood. And I recommend you read that book. And then there's another book that talks about when the Nazis wanted to keep their image in a positive light in Germany, they collaborated uh-huh. with many of the Jewish movie producers. They actually came to California, and they, they sat down and came up with, with – it's a lot of contradictions with Jewish people in the term anti-Semitism. For example, uh-huh. you have the United States government supporting – elements of the Ukraine military that everyone knows is openly Nazi. And yeah, the Israelis are training. Yep. That's right. And Israelis are actually training them. But yet you get people like Whoopi Goldberg get suspended for little innocent comments. And people like Kanye <laughs> West, who I don't care for, and, and no, Kyrie Irving, they get abused. Uh, well, uh, just give yeah. me a second. What's it about Kanye West you don't like? I think Kanye West is so he has mental he has mental issues. He has mental issues and really? uh, they created some, it to be like some, that. somebody 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 is benefiting from his rants. That, that's my view. I don't have any evidence, but that's what it seems as though. But of the point I'm, I'm making is that every American should be raising the issue to the United States government and the Anti Defamation League and Benai Briss. Why are you all silent on the U.S. support? of Nazi elements in Ukrainian government, and the Ukraine's national hero, Stefan Bandera, killed Jews. That doesn't even have a debate in Israel about this because some Israelis, rabbis, they can't take what's going on, where there seems to be some complicit collaboration with Ukrainian Nazis. But because people are not informed, people are not informed, they really don't know really what's going on, they don't know to raise this issue. That yeah. where hold up, hold is up just the call a second. Uh, yes. You've made a good point, but let me, let me get to Josie here, who knows a lot about Ukraine, talks to those folks all the time. So, Josie, why don't you respond to that, and then you guys can chat a little bit. Josie? Well, the neo-Nazis are running the Ukraine with Zelensky was put in office by Obama. And all the money going right now, it's money laundering. 
Uh, that's what the Democrat Party are doing. They're money laundering our money uh, to pay off the Nazis, uh, killing, torturing, raping, destroying. They're even putting innocent young Russian men in a cross, nailing them to the cross, and then set them on fire. If you're a Christian man that you so-called, you say, uh, you should try to investigate this. I have videos to prove it. Uh, I don't share it with not even my husband because he cannot handle it. Uh, I can handle all that stuff. I grew up in a nasty environment. And if you're supporting Daniel Ortega, you're not my friend uh, because <laughs> Daniel Ortega is torturing. Daniel Ortega is torturing innocent Nicaraguans. Uh, some of my own people, they're torturing. And, and nobody can run for president anymore in Nicaragua because they're, they're being arrested and tortured. So nobody has a right right at the moment. So you can know, I my friend, you, I don't know what kind of a, what kind of a religious man are you. When she's but, done, uh, Warren, hold on. With Daniel Warren, let her finish. Okay. Go Jesse, keep well, going. All right. Let me say... I think this is the first time Josie and I agreed on something on the situation in Ukraine. She, she's, she's absolutely right about what's going on in Ukraine. The Democratic Party, okay. this is their baby. Ukraine is their baby. Uh, yep. It's so on and so forth. But I will say about Nicaragua, because I've traveled throughout Central America over the years. Nicaragua is the safest country in Central America. And it is amazing how they have provided free health care, Free education to the people. You should go. You should go back to see. You should go I back do, to visit I yourself. I do. I go. My whole family is there, sweetie. I know yeah. what's going on. Because yeah, I went. I, I went. Exactly. I went to. I went to Bluefields. I went to Managua, Leon. I went to these places. But I tell you, these people who are being demonized by the U.S. government, it's only because they will not allow the U.S. to come in and privatize their assets and resources. And the U.S. detests and despises governments that provide for their people because the American people will begin to ask, well, if those small countries can provide free health care for their people, what's going on here? And that's why well, wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> because every, we're centralizing. Sorry, because, look, unless you're rich. You can have nice health care, all this health care, which you don't even know because you only went and visit, but we live there. We have family. The health care system is nasty. Uh, let me give you an example. My sister, she had thyroid cancer in her neck, and she was put in the hospital. My sister, my older sister, okay, and they were about to do surgery, and they already had her with the IVs plugged in and all that. And then a group from uh, Cuba came that they needed emergency surgery, and they dumped about 18 women, and one of them was my sister, Al. She needed to wait another three, four days. That's the type of health care we have in Nicaragua, okay? Nasty, nasty communist health care. The same thing is going on in Canada. So the American people come and travel, and they go for two, three, four days. They don't know exactly what's going on, only what they're telling you. And our government... It's the one that put the Sandinistas in place and put the Formosa in place. Our own American government is the one that supported the Sandinistas because uh, one of my best friends, he's like a brother to Daniel Ortega. We grew up together, and I know all about it. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know. They they tell you whatever they want you to hear, and that's about it, sweetie. But uh, we know exactly what's going on. My whole family lives there just about. Yeah, it's no great, good. Great, you asked me no something good. great. 
You were asking me something? Well, because uh, you, you talk about the wonders of free health care. I mean, who's paying for that free health care? The government pays for it. And the where does the government get the money? Where does the government well, get the money? The government. Well, I, I can't. I can't speak for these other countries where the government gets where the money. Where do governments normally get money? It's a, it's a simple question. Uh, yeah, well, where, where do taxa- governments get money? Taxation. Taxation. Okay, right. uh, yeah, taxation. But let me say right. this, Greg. Let me say this. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, the American elite. That is the capitalist corporate elite that rules everything does not give a damn about the average person on the ground, the working class, the poor, the people who are so-called middle class. They believe that everybody asserts. This is why the United States is angry with China, is angry with no, Russia. No, that's not true. Because no, 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 Russia no. and yeah, China, hold on, let's, Russia let's, and let's, China let's, would not allow – hold on, let me say this. Russia okay. and China would not allow Wall Street to come in and control their natural resources so they become demonized. <laughs> Warren, okay. you've got a, you've got an interesting. Hold on, let me, hold on, let me jump in here, okay? Because uh, you've got an interesting yeah. point of view, but it's about thirty years old, and so what you're talking about, especially in terms of Nicaragua and things like that. So the U.S. government, yes, was very imperialistic and went into countries and wanted to na- and didn't want industries nationalized. They wanted U.S. corporations to make the money. Okay, that's fascism. Okay, that's leftism. So what you're talking about is is when you talk about a capitalist state, capitalism is a free market. So if the government's controlling things, it's the opposite of a free market. So let's get our labels it, it, right. So not, hold, hold, Warren, hold great, on, Warren, great. hold on, Warren, Warren, hold on. So let me get this 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 through because you're you're saying a lot of different things that the you're hoping that people believe what you say by the preponderance of things that you say, but individually those things don't hold any water. Okay, so you've got a corporate government uh, monopoly. That's that's fascism. And that's what takes away the freedom. So if these governments, like you're saying before, that they have uh, um, these, the, you know, this wonderful free health care and free this and free that, they can only, there's only two ways they can do that. They can tax their people to death um, or they can get money from somewhere else. Right? Those are the only two well, options. They have. Thing too, uh, or they can well, go well, 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 but Pianchi, let me say this quickly. Pianchi, let me say this quickly. Governments have resources. They have national resources that they nationalize. Mm-hmm. The United States doesn't want these countries to nationalize the resources because they believe the Wall Street planners should plan these people's economy. Well, so who, who when you Wall refuse, fund? Wait, who's Wall Street fund? Which well, party? Wall Street plays with Wall Street plays with money. Wall Street right. speculates on money. They don't need they, they don't build yeah, back Wall Street Let me finance this. capitalism finance capitalism does not build factories. It plays with money. That's and true. that's why they're angry with China because China has an industrial capitalist base that's no, producing output. That's the not United true States have, have the United States have gotten rid of its manufacturing. Well, that is true. Only, the, well, your only the thing. Go ahead, Governments Jackie. don't go down. It ain't the military. Ain't the U.S. military that goes into these other countries. It's businesses that go into these other countries. They wouldn't be allowed to come in if it wasn't for the government in those local co- companies, countries. That's the thing. See, when people say the United States, people are misled. And here's another. Who elect these U.S. politicians that some way or another pass this legislation are, are open to uh, uh, advocacy? Who, are, who elects them? It's the people in the United States that elect elects them. Corporations don't go out and elect people. They may contribute to a particular election. Right, but when not, you look at that, right they Hold on, Warren. Hold on, Warren. That's a, I'll give everybody okay, a chance. That's the point, Bianchi. That's the point. 
the corporations use the politicians to lobby for their interests. The oil and gas industry, big tech, that's how these politicians get hundreds or tens of millions of dollars, rather, to run a race. So when they get that money, they are going to defend the interest. You know, big tech, big tech hates China because China That's has its true. own equivalent of Facebook. They have the own That's equivalent of Twitter. And big Warren, tech wants Warren, the Chinese Warren. market. If, Warren, let me jump in here. If big tech hated China, why are they suppressing all the information about China? Why are they doing everything possible to suppress Americans you know, who are trying to get the word out on China? China is a Communist Party you know, state. It is run by the Communist Party. The government is everything there. That's what runs the whole thing. So you want to talk about government control. Well, they do. The, the, the one thing that you're arguing against is what China is. So you're saying if you don't like government controlling all the corporations and all the entities in different countries, that's what China no, does. No, that's what they're trying not, to do to not, us. Not, no, no. No, listen. listen. China economy is a mixed economy. They have state-owned enterprises, and they have state-owned enterprises, and they have private enterprises. That's why they got Name so many billionaires in China. Name one okay? private enterprise that's and not so, government-controlled. Name one. Name a Chinese private well, I, it's, industry it's, that's it's, completely it's, look, private. Look, look, Name one. China is a massive just one one. Who the community? Who the communication company? Is. And, and Alibaba. Well, and Alibaba. And Alibaba. Hold on, hold on, Warren. Wait a minute. But, who, yeah, but China, uh, you're absolutely right. They don't allow Facebook and they don't allow uh, Google. Twitter, in, Twitter in and all that. Yeah, I don't on. blame them. And so, and so Warren, big hold tech, on. Big tech. Wait, wait. Okay. Right. Everybody can take your time. Just everybody <laughs> yeah, take no, a breath. That's right. We, everybody gets a chance to talk. Yeah, we got right. another hour. China, there is restrictions on where entities like even Walmart. You know, Walmart wouldn't allow to go into some African countries. I don't know what it still is now because you you're putting the locals uh, entities out of business. But China, yes, they do. They they can't uh, Google and Facebook. I don't think Facebook is in China yet because TikTok no, is there. I know Google is not. TikTok is owned by the Chinese. The Chinese own TikTok. Chinese, mm-hmm. the Chinese Communist Party. Absolutely right. Now, this, this is the point I'm making, Greg, and everybody that's listening. Go back and study the opium wars in China. What was that about? It was about Great Britain opium. trying to break into Chinese market, getting the people addicted to heroin, and making them buy the heroin. The United States and its junior partners in Western Europe wants the Chinese market. That's what all of this intimidation of war is about. China is... The largest economy, when you look at production and industrial capitalism, China is it. You should have seen at the G20 yeah, but the, but the China's how not all capitalist. these world leaders. Right, let's, uh, hold on a second. I want to, I want to challenge it a couple things. G20, wait a minute. It, it, it G20 is way with Warren, 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 Warren. Yeah. Warren, wait a minute. You, can, so you make some interesting points. We've got time to deal with them. You don't have to, we don't have to shout over each other. But the whole idea, I, oh, think okay. where you, okay. I think where your model falls apart is where you're talking, you're still talking in terms of capitalism uh, and uh, you know, any of the other isms. And it's an old model. Okay, the United States used to be a free market capitalist country. I don't even like the word capitalism because Marx is the one who used it as a derogatory term to try and, uh, you know, convince people that a bad thing to have money and, and free markets. Okay, so if we talk free markets and we talk uh, government regulated markets, okay, our country is now very much a government regulated market. They protect big tech. They protect uh, uh, big pharma. They protect a lot of industries. So, so the government industrial cooperation is fascism. 
We're on a leftist government model right now. China is even on a further leftist model as in, is a communism. So all those private companies you see are not private at all. They're, they're dual use. They're, they're, doing, they're doing military stuff. They're owned by the government. It all goes to the party. The party is the corporation. The party is the government. The party is both. That is the ultimate totalitarian thing when you merge everything and the people don't have a say in what's going on. So what you're talking about in terms of the United States, in terms of capitalism, a Marxist critique of the class system doesn't apply anymore. Because you look at our government now and you look at our people now, we're not operating on a, on a free market system. We're not, the, the, the corporations are being controlled much more by the government than they are independent. So your model, model well, you know, you know, let me say this. Let me say this. All right, Pianchi first, then Warren. Okay. Take your time, everybody. Right. Let me say Pianchi. this. You have the same thing happening here. Technically, you just don't understand how to look at it. Because it's corporations. Now, we know that the federal government has no business being owning state land and in the form that uh, they're doing now, giving mm-hmm. out leases for all exploration and drilling. But I may believe that the big oil companies want them to do that, to cut down on competition. Because as you and I warned, mm-hmm. was able to go out and start exploring and drilling for our own oil, then we would be the technologists there it's easy to come back. Then we would be competing to them. So those things have to be looked at a little bit closer to see actually who may be behind these politicians making these decisions. Yeah, we're not capitalists. Let, let, let me say Warren, this. Go ahead. Let, let me say Warren, this. Let's hear your point. The Warren? economic model that China is on with its industrial base is the same the United States had when it had an industrial base. The United States now is saying, no, China, you can't do that. China has, a mixed, China has a mixed economy. They have billionaires. But the, here goes the difference. The government of China does not allow the billionaires to corrupt and, and exploit the government and the people. They get dealt with. They get held accountable. In the United States, what did the bankers do in 2007, 2008? They, they made a big profit off a scandal called subprime mortgages. And then what did the government do? Came and bailed them out. They don't do that, that in wrong. China. That's not allowed. That's wrong. The government yeah. keeps the government keeps private enterprise in check. And let me tell you something. The mm-hmm. the Chinese economy has been growing nine percent a year and you can't stop them. We, they had the G20 so, summit in Indonesia. They had the G20 summit in Indonesia. You should have seen the world leaders run behind G like he's a rock star getting his autograph. The United States is no longer the single most power in the world. We're in what is called now a multipolar world. You have different poles of power, and so developing countries no longer has to come to the United States or Western Europe for aid and assistance. They can go to China. They can go to Iran. They can go to no, Turkey. Okay. Right, they can wait, go wait, to Russia. Right. Hold on, they can hold go to on. Brazil. All right. No, you made a good point. But well, what is it about the, what is it about the Chinese model? Uh, hold on. What is it about this Chinese model that you find so attractive? Do you think that we should adopt okay. the Chinese model? Oh, okay. listen, listen. That's a very good question. If you look at world, the statistics for world for indices, for poverty, and so on and so forth. It is said that since 1978, China has lifted 800 million people out of poverty. All your your top STEM graduates are coming out of China. 
I just read the other day yeah, with, Chinese university, <laughs> with Chinese universities. With Chinese universities. Yeah. I, I, I read the other day with Chinese universities now have risen to the top universities above American universities. And a lot of Chinese researchers in the United States, because of this Chinophobia, are returning back to China. That's and, not you know, no, 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 Warren, 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 yeah. Warren, hold on a second. I want, to, I want to take your points individually I mean, uh, because okay. this, this, it's, it's hard to catch back up and people lose track. So China right. has, has put tons of students in the United States. They're here basically on espionage missions. They work for the military. They do dual civilian military stuff. They're here to take our stuff. There's a huge report on this on the news this morning. And so this, this idea that, that uh, you know, China is somehow this benevolent thing that we're trying to infect yeah. them. No, they're stealing all this stuff. They're building our economy, their economy, on our economy. They're building their knowledge on our knowledge. They're building their universities on our universities. So if China has great universities, I think that's wonderful. Then stop sending your damn students to our country and educate them in your country. I don't want them coming here, stealing our stuff, and well, going back me, home. Does that mean I don't want that. Chinese students? No, not at all. Jackie, go ahead. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. The only way China was able to jump ahead is through mm-hmm. reverse engineering, espionage, and just flat-out stealing technology the same way that Japan was with its aircraft industry. And mm-hmm. they also send their kids to the United States, the students to the United States uh, to learn, and then they take it back home. So that's how they were able to do what they have. Now, as far as them, hang on for a second. Hang on for a second. As far as them being who they are, they still got a long ways to go. They still have a long ways to go. And if the United States was ever to turn this stuff back around the way I think that it should be done, then, uh, you know, things would be a whole lot different. Pianchi and Gray, uh-huh. what you all are doing is you all denying the Chinese their own agency. People who know, people know that the Chinese education system is way more rigorous than the United States education system. Well, I'm, I'll agree okay. with you. Hold on. Hold on. So, hold on. Hold on. So, is, no, so, let's talk, wait, yeah. wait. Let's talk education because I want to make a real point here, because our education system sucks, and the biggest reason it sucks is because the government controls it. If we had private education, educational choice, we actually and more homeschooling and, and subsidies for homeschooling in terms of, of not taxing students, not taxing parents, uh, and giving that money directly to parents, you'd have a whole different system. So the Chinese system is, is an authoritarian, government-controlled model. So these people are required to do what they do. They're selected the, at a young age and told, hold on, they're told what their profession is. This is completely, you know, you may, you may love this Chinese education system, but it's as recommended as everything else in Chinese society. It's not a free yeah, education but, system. But, 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 you do not get but, a choice of saying, what your profession is. The government but, tells you but, where to work. The government tells you, hold on, the government tells you where to live. The government gives you your transportation, gives you your place to live, it tells you how much space you have, how much money. It's all based on social credits and all kinds of other things. It's a completely regulated society. So if you want a Chinese education model, go for it. I don't want that here. I want just the opposite. But I certainly don't want the government well, system we have now. So you're, you're confusing two different things. You're, you're comparing our I, education system uh, and then saying that it, you know, it's, it's, it's the only choice that we have, and we don't. But I don't want the Chinese model either. I want a free education, free yeah. choice education system. Well, so there's, what there's something you're not considering. Go ahead. What you see, what you're not considering is that the Chinese government-controlled education system is producing. Okay, so there's an argument for government. Are, are you subsidized by for, China? I mean, hold on a second. Let's, let's, I mean, this is you're so yeah. pro-China. I'm just wondering, is your show subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party? No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. But I, I, okay. I do admire, I do admire the Chinese how they brought themselves up from nothing. 
They no, they stole it. Up <laughs> they didn't bring themselves up from nothing. Well, when you say you say you say steal, but that, uh-huh. you you deny the fact that China is in, is creating their own innovations for themselves, using their Name own one. minds, their own scientists. And let me say this, <laughs> Pianchi. Let me say this, Pianchi. The only form of capitalism in the United States is, right now is finance capitalism. The fire sector, finance, insurance, and real estate, they do not invest. They do not invest in factories. They do not create jobs. They play with money. And this is why some people argue that the United States have forced Western Europe to sabotage with Russia, thereby relying on the U.S. to pay for expensive liquid natural gas, therefore making the plants in Germany expensive to run, which many of them may close up and relocate to the United States. So the United States, in essence, has made Western Europe Europe a uh, a colony by forcing it to sever ties with its natural trading partner in Russia and in Western Asia. Western Europe don't have any natural resources to that extent. But and they were, buying the cheap, they were buying cheap gas. They were buying cheap gas from Russia, and now the United States have forced them to cut I, ties with Russia. I agree. That's not true. I agree either. with the underhandedness that's going on there. But you know, you talk about the education system. You know what group that's getting their children that's being exploited with the education system? It's Black Americans. Black American children are, I don't even have a word for it, what goes on I don't, in I don't the disagree with that, Tiana. I don't disagree with that. We're talking about wait China. A minute, hang on for a second. Hold on, Warren. Hang yeah, on for a second. It's not a, it's not a China show. Second. We, we and the only it. way that you change that is that it has to change. Now, yes, uh, China has made some leaps and bounds, but uh, we have to see what happens. And one thing I agree with, you know, in a labor force, uh, your common laborers even have engineering degrees. That makes them very, very highly specialized in the things that they do. So, you know, a lot of what you're saying and making comments on is is, is actually true. I've been I've been to Africa in the last. You ought to see the things that the Chinese have built in Africa. But watch this. They don't well, have they no do loans they give them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a good point. Well, because if, if China, when China helps build, wait, hold point. on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Warren, yeah, hold on. If, yeah, when China when yeah. China does something for another country, they usually make loans. They make the loans that a lot of those countries can't pay back. And the condition is then that China owns whatever it is. China owns, I think, most of the Panama Canal. China has ports and infrastructure all over the world. Are they doing that because they're benevolent because they want to help those countries? Hell no. They're doing it to help China. Yeah. The whole Belt and Road, let, let all the policies this. of China are to help China. Let, let, let me They're this. not being benevolent with this. these other countries. You're making let, a let false assumption this. there. China, okay. China, has just, China has just eliminated the loans for 23 African countries. You see, what the West does, that is wait, the wait, United wait. States. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Because out of a goodwill gesture, because they it. understand. Let me finish my point. I'm sorry. The yeah, United States... The United States and its junior partners in Western Europe created the IMF and the World Bank. So you know what they do? To, you know what they've been doing in African countries and countries in Asia and Latin America? Okay, you want this loan? You have to not grow food for yourself and buy American wheat. Yeah, that's you wrong. You want this loan? You want mm-hmm. this loan? You have to lower salaries and eliminate the unions. China doesn't do that. 
African people know what colonialism has been. And to them, China is not colonialism. China comes in through the Belt and Road Initiative, which you need a road, which you need a bridge, and you ought to go, you ought to go see this stuff. You ought to go but, to countries know, I, like I Ghana. This, I China, this, uh, China's Belt and Road, China built, no, they built a Belt and Road, they built a road for China markets to have access to those markets. You go into it's Ghana, mutual. the car, man, look, I know you're very excited, but I'm older. I can't keep up with that like that. And I want to say something. It sounds to me that you're being brainwashed by communists. That's the way I'm well, listening to you talk. Hold on, Warren. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Let me finish. Mm-hmm. Because I live through communists, and that's what they do. They make you look everything, everything that you see, and it's nice they're doing. China doesn't do nothing unless it's for themselves. And they're taking over Colombia. There's a lot of places in Colombia, because I have friends in Colombia. They're taking the Panama Canal. They're taking so many places in Africa for themselves. They're not helping the African people. They're fooling them. They're going to own well, them. Well, what you're saying, but you see what you're saying, Josie, you're saying the African people are stupid. And they don't no, know who shows good. Hold on, wait. You're saying they're well, stupid. Look at you. They're and they look don't at you. know. You they, they live, look, they live, so they live under French. They live, look, they live under French colonialism. They live under British colonialism. They know what colonialism yeah. is. Okay, and so you go to Africa yeah. today, you go to Africa today and get off of an airplane in an airport that the Chinese built and drive down the tarmac in the roads and highways that the Chinese over. built. Well, well, they are yeah. doing, they're doing what civilizations have always done. They're trading. No, okay. we don't do what that. The, what the United States the does, what the country. United States does, Josie, what the United States does is goes to a country and says, uh, let, us, let us privatize your electric company. Let us privatize your water. And when the country says no, oh, you're an autocrat, you're a dictator, you're against democracy, and that's what's going on. The United so, States, the United States, the United States, the United States has been helping so many countries for the so United many States years. Does not believe, the United States Nothing. does not believe in the United States does not believe in sovereignty of other nations. It believes in Maybe overthrowing governments, regime change, um, Warren, and all this type of stuff. Warren, Warren, if we don't believe Warren, in sovereignty, need name, to to name a nation we've taken over. You know, yeah. which, which nations exactly. have we taken over? Now, granted, they've advanced, you know, like United Fruit had a problem in, in South and Central America. But, again, you're, you're operating off an old model. It seems like you hate the United States. You <laughs> love China. No, no everything China does is good. Place, everything, wait, Warren, wait a minute. Warren, wait a minute. It, it seems like you're saying everything China does is good, which is not true. Everything the United States does is bad, which is not true. You're, you you're sure in this don't world look of, like a Christian pastor to me. <laughs> well, you're in a world of absolutes. You're in a world of absolutes. I mean, you make some good points. You know, I mean, some of the criticisms of the United States are valid, uh, but it's like you have no criticisms of China, and that's simply not – that's not that's not valid. Oh, well, look, look, listen, listen, listen. You know what this China is, this is doing argument. with Hold on. This, right this, this is my argument, Greg. They're harvesting their organs. This is my argument, Greg. Right now, hold on, hold on, they're, having, hold on. Uh, they're having camps, and they are harvesting – Innocent people's organ and selling to America and England Josie, and other places Josie, in Europe. You don't have, to, you don't have to go to China. China is doing because nobody has a say. So China is 
China owns the people. Or like you, in you, Cuba, you. free health care. Wait, wait. Free health care in Cuba, when you graduate from college, the government owns you. A lot of the doctors that I personally know in Cuba, because I go to Cuba every year, okay, they make 60 to $80 a month. The government owns you. You are being brainwashed by communists, and I could hear it in your voice and in your mind well, talking. Let, 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 let and you know what? This. It's let a shame. You should love America. Let, let me say this, uh, Greg. Let me say this. It's not that I don't find criticism with China. I'm countering the constant criticism of China that's all that's propagated. And what I'm saying is whether you like China or not, hear me out, whether you like China or not, you can't stop them, Okay. You cannot stop their trajectory of development wow. and their economy, if not now. If not now, they have the largest economy in the world. So you really, do, you, do, you really do want us to adopt the Chinese model or be subordinate to them. That's what it sounds like. I mean, that's you're saying that. You've never heard me no, say that. No, I'm your listening to you. That's if, your if China's all what good and America's all what bad, do you this, want us? Do you want, no, Joseph, no, hold on. Hold on, more, more and more and more, mm-hmm. more and I'll meet you. Mm-hmm. I want to know, do you want the United States subordinate to China? If you can't stop China, you just said that. If you can't stop them and they have the best model, they've got the best education, they've got the best infrastructure, they're the best, uh, you know, they treat the world benevolently and they do everything to help other people. If that's your model, do you want a subordinate China. to China? Look, yes or no? Look, Greg, yes or no? There's no yes or empirical. No? There's no empirical. Yes or no? There's no empirical data that China yes no is question. trying to take over the United States. Look I didn't at say all that. the U.S. bases. Look at all that. the U.S. military bases that's encircling China. And you- I'm gonna mute him for a second here. I'm gonna get a word in. <laughs> I'm gonna change the whole course of this no. debate because this is to we're gonna me, go around circles. To me, he sounds like the girl. He sounds like the girl that used to work for me. She's being brainwashed at the college, hating okay. America. Every other country is so good, but not America. Well, get the heck out. Yeah. If you don't well, like the United me, States, uh, go. I, I'm going to bring Warren back. A lot of people lose their but... life to come to America. Okay, this is, and, uh, this is going to... this gentleman associating himself with Sandinista and all that, uh-uh. No, 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 all right. no. You're not a friend so, of the United States. I'm sorry. So we've, we've, we've gone around circles enough. We've, we've been like a traditional talk show, which I don't want to do. So let me ask, let me, let's, let's turn this into a positive, okay? Because obviously mm-hmm. we're not going to get anywhere. You, I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me or Pianchi or, or Josie of, of, of this particular point of view. So here's what I want. So let's talk about the United States. Let's talk about what specifically uh, you think that we can do. This is Action Radio. So I'm here to help the United States, not China. I'm here to make us a more free country and lead by example for the rest of the world. China's not going to follow that. Okay. So what can we do for the United States to make us the country that you want us to be? Don't talk about China at all. I don't want to hear any more about China. I've heard enough about them. I'm sick of them. So tell me, in the United States, what can we do to make us more free, more prosperous, uh, limit our government more, and have a better life for, for our folks here? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I think, first of all, the American people need knowledge about how the system is actually operating and the role of an oligarchical class in America and the disproportionate amount of influence that they Mm -hmm. have on public policy and Mm -hmm. that government is basically an employee of the oligarchs in America. That is the banking industry, the oil and gas industry, big tech, pharmaceuticals, etc. They dictate public policy. They determine the policy on the land. What, what you all are doing is you all are separating government 
from these these capitalist oligarchs who only see no, we're not. profit. No, actually, and don't see the, actually, hold on, hold on, Warren, hold on, hold on, Warren, hold on, because you're making a good point. But we're doing just the opposite. I mean, I just talked about corporate government fascism. In other words, the unifying of corporations and government. Corporations and government are unified. The media is unified. It's all one big thing. So you, t- you take the, the half the Republican Party, the rhino half, not the America first half. You take the Democrat Party, which are a bunch of Marxists. You take big tech, big pharma, and corporate media. It's all one organization. They all self-support. They all reinforce each other. And you've got a huge situation. Yeah, there are barriers to entry into the marketplace because the big corporations block the small ones. There are barriers to entry of politicians who can't be independent. They have to join one of the two major parties or they're never going to be heard from. So you've got this huge corporate situation here. Congress rewarded big tech with the ability to censor conservatives. I mean, that was put into law. That's what Section 230 is all about. So what I want to do is, is if, if, if the oligarchy is the problem, and I agree with you there, Okay, so you're absolutely right. But the question is, what do we do about it? What I'm doing about it is creating a situation where regular citizens can start writing laws to mass with other regular citizens. I'd love you to help sponsor some of our bills. I'll tell you two in particular. One, we have a bill that puts full liability back on Big Pharma. They're responsible for their vaccines. It's full vaccine product liability. It's a simple correction in law, and it would, be, it would, it would have the ability of people to sue for deaths and injuries, which are occurring in huge proportions right now because of the COVID jab. Would that be something you would favor? I I recommend that American people who are dissatisfied with the Democratic Party and the Republican Party create a third alternative force. Okay, that's not the question. That's politics. not the question. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Would you favor a bill that uh, you could take to your audience and help lobby that would put full product liability on Big Pharma for their vaccines? Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Okay, good. So now we agree. Let me give you another one. Big tech. I rewrote, uh, I rewrote Section 230 so that it, it says that big tech has no liability. They're immune from what you post, what I post, any of our comments. They can't touch our accounts, and they can't rearrange search engines. They have to let the search engine stand with the raw number of hits. If they do touch your account or my account or anybody's account, if they touch anything that anybody posts, and if they touch the search engine results in any way, they lose that liability immunity, and they can be sued. That would take away all the power of big tech to censor, shadow ban, uh, remove accounts, do anything they want. Okay? Would that be something you would favor? Could you take that to your audience? Yes. I agree okay. with that. But, Greg, guess okay. what? But, Greg, guess what? Well, look, mm-hmm. Greg, you, you would be called a Marxist for those legislations. You would be called a Marxist. Why? Yes, you would. See, because, Why? You, because you're advocating regulation. No, 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 no. Private no. industry. No. So that's what those bills would be. Those are regulations. No, Warren, I, wrote Warren, Warren, I wrote that. You, you haven't go even read that. Car, then to put your feet on the brakes and don't nothing happen. It keeps on going. You have accident. Yeah. Well, you can sue that manufacturer because of defaulting in their product. So but the top, but the practice, but Pianchi, you know, in different industries, the practice has been the lobbying groups for these industries have been buying the politicians to not allow any type of accountability on their part. And those oh, people true. who do advocate that are, are called Marxists and socialists. I'm so proud of you, Greg. You just introduced me two pieces of socialist legislation you want no, you didn't. I support no, it. No, no. no. Because it protects anybody, no matter what your political affiliation is. But you also have to give account to the fact that it's people 
They let these politicians run buck wild after they but, elect them. That's how they but do. the they politicians the politicians are advocating and blocking and playing defense mm-hmm. for these industries. The human the humanity is you're correct, putting people's humanity at the center. But the rhetoric that's thrown around to prevent these two types of legislation is that old that's socialism. I you agree with you. I got to jump no, in that's, here. That's certain, Warren, that's, that's, Warren, hold that's, on, Warren. That's Warren, the oligarch Warren, representative. Warren, yeah. Warren, let me let me let me tell you about my bills. Okay, first of all, there are no regulations in either of those bills. They're the ultimate free market, um, free system, free citizen empowerment bills because they're all relying exclusively on on the courts to enforce through the through the liability system. The liability is the ability of people to sue. This is how Big Tobacco was sued. That wasn't a socialist thing. That was, a, that was an individual thing. It certainly wasn't a corporatist thing. They didn't want it. Uh, in fact, big but, government who was supporting Big Tobacco didn't want it. So you know who's going to be on our side when I ever get a hold of them? I'm trying to. The National Trial Lawyers Association is going to be one of our biggest backers of this bill once they realize the power of what we're doing here. But it, it's the exact opposite of socialism. This isn't community. This is individuals suing a much larger entity. It's the epitome of, of uh, the government... Uh, you know, serving the people in a way that we can empower ourselves. So both of these bills put liability, you know, Joe's donut shop down the street has more liability than big pharma. Okay. Your local manufacturer, your local widget manufacturer has liability. Everybody has product liability and the way that the, the, it's not regulation that, uh, that maintains the, uh, the safety it's lawsuits. Okay. So the same lawsuits yeah. that went after big tobacco, hold on the same lawsuits that went after big tobacco will go after big pharma and the same ability. Didn't you watch Aaron Brockovich? You know how this stuff works, right? Okay. So, so the, so the lawyers advocating for people bringing cases against big pharma for injury and death regulates big pharma. That's their biggest fear because they know they're going to be on the hook for billions and billions and billions of dollars because they've killed and injured an uncountable number of people. We still don't even know yet. Okay. That's the first one. Big tech. Congress gave the ability of big tech to censor people. That is your socialism. That is your fascism. That is your Marxism. What my bill says is they can't do that anymore. Their liability immunity from what you post, which they have no control over. They can't control what you post. Okay. So they shouldn't be liable for that. But if they touch your post, if they touch your account or they rearrange the search engines for their own propaganda means, then they lose their liability and they can be sued. There isn't a single regulation in either one of these bills. So you've completely it, it, mischaracterized. It, 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 you you've basically it lied about my bills. Okay. So it, I want no, to straighten the record. Is, any any type any type of restriction mm-hmm. on a let's say corporate What's the restriction? What's the restriction? Well, the restriction is they can't go in and touch your account for the big tech and mm-hmm. what was the uh, the pharmaceutical is liable Liability. for mm-hmm. it. Okay, but don't you see what's been going on it the argument in the conservative corners? Mhm is that the Democrats are socialists. Well, this is those type or a Democrat or Republican issue. Yeah, but this is just I'm, a simple issue of, of kill, justice. What has been done to kill mm-hmm. various types of progressive legislation, particularly by the Republican side, because the okay, Democrats Warren? are just as big money advocates as well, right, is Warren, that Warren, this Warren, is Warren. socialism. Okay, no, it's not. Forget the labels. Okay, no, no, forget I'm the labels. You this forget, is wait, wait. I'm forget you this socialism. Is the forget this capitalism. Is the that's used, those that's the bills, that's those be bills used actually protect the. Those bills okay, protect the consumer. That's consumer see, protection. See, the corporate, corporate interest, corporate interest to give a damn about the consumer. 
Well, I didn't okay, say what I'm out. saying is that, wait, hang on for a second. Wait. We're talking about the bills. The bills are designed to protect the consumer, just like you I already have. I understand that. I understand so it's that. Not, but you all don't it's understand. Not putting restrictions. Wait, wait, hold on, it's not Warren. putting restrictions. It's not putting restrictions on the companies. It's telling them that you cannot do things to harm the consumer. That's it. That big, those, same, those same entities, the pharmaceutical industry, which is a capitalist industry, and the big tech, which is a capitalist industry, would use its influence in the media and over politicians to argue that it's regulations. That's what I'm saying. So they do that. All right, so who are they Wait a minute. Hang on for a second. Who are they using the influence to influence? They're using the influence to influence ignorant people. That's what the problem is. You got people, like you said earlier, that don't know how this stuff works. The reason mm-hmm. they don't know how it works is because mm-hmm. they're coming from a prescribed educational system that wasn't, is not doing what it should be. Yeah. That's no, why I'm conservative want to be able to take their kids out of that educational system that's and not, put them elsewhere where the education would produce people that's not ignorant to what you just got through described. That, that just like the coal, the coal mining companies in West Virginia, and all of these big companies do not want to be held accountable for its workers or for anything that happens in the environment. And any type bill. of legislation, any type of legislation that's introduced that kind of makes them accountable for something, mm-hmm. the the propaganda sets in oh, through the media that's, why that, got- that's controlled by that's controlled by a collaboration of these entities to argue that this is putting restriction on this industry and therefore is hurting this okay. industry. Well, then help us out, Warren. Yeah, Give me an argument. Ocean. Give me an argument, Morin, that I can use against Big Pharma and Big Tech that we can advance these bills. When they do bring about that propaganda, what should I do? Your argument already is very well taken, but guess what? It would also be agreed upon by people, people who you call socialists and Marxists. They would agree okay. with those two pieces of labels. See, I don't, see I, don't, I don't see those labels. First of all, it doesn't matter. This is why I was so object. I didn't object the fact that uh, you know, it was bad enough you said it was Marxist, which it wasn't. But the thing is that well, our okay, bills are not example. political. Okay, let me get our, but hold, let me on, wait, wait, hold on a second. Our bills are not political. These are nonpartisan bills. Liability is liability. It affects, it affects uh, conservatives. It affects liberals. It affects Marxists. It affects anarchists all the same way. If you have vaccine product liability, if you're injured or killed by a, by a COVID shot, it doesn't care what your political persuasion is. These are not political bills. Okay, okay bills but with, watch this. Okay, go let's ahead. Say, let's so give me a good argument Let's say I have... Let's say I have that same piece of – let's say I'm introducing that to the, to the community. I'm on television with a campaign oh, with those two pieces of legislation. All mm-hmm. right. Now, Josie would be sitting down watching TV and say, oh, that guy is a communist. That guy is brainwashed by the cut. Don't listen to what he's saying. That's communist. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. These are the ignorant people, Piaki. Piaki, these are the ignorant people on the ground that that's told to, so they go against their own interests. That's well, what, that's what, what you're talking about. For instance, you, for instance, you were talking about coal mine safety. Well, that already is put into effect by an organization called OSHA. But when you have socialists, when you have socialists come along and try to use OSHA to make people take pandemic shots, that's what not OSHA was for. 
OSHA was designed to protect the worker from the hazards of the workplace, not and, and, to protect and, the workplace from the hazards of the worker. And, and guess what, Pianchi? I'm a pharmaceutical, theoretically, I'm a pharmaceutical corporate executive, and I'll be damned if I let Greg's legislation go through. Who does he think he is? We're going to have to pay. Listen to what you just said. <laughs> listen to what you just said. You said they would, well, they would be down to let it go through, let legislation go through. So who's supposed to control the legislation? It's the, it's the people who are acting out we, of ignorance no, and not no, doing we, well. We, as the billionaire class, we control the legislature through our organizations that look like grassroots organizations, through our political action committees. We, the billionaire class, control the legislature. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah, but why would they – hang on for a second. So why would okay. they cloak the purpose of the organization as not to fool the people? Because we as the billionaire class don't want people like Josie to know that we are the ones that's really screwing them. We want them to believe it's the Democrats or the socialists that's doing it or it's China that's doing it. We don't want them to turn on us. I want to get Josie in well, this conversation. Well, you know, it, 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 once again, it's like the woman. <clears throat> the, woman can lay, the woman can lay down with the man, but she don't have to have sex with the man. So if you got an ignorant populace that don't know their responsibility when it comes down to civic duty to the point where they only react by voting, then the billionaire class come in and buy your politicians out from under your feet, and you let them stay there when you have a mechanism to get rid of them, who's the onus on? Because, look, 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 Pianchi, the reason why the ignorant masses cannot hold the billionaire class accountable is because what the billionaire class has done is give the masses a culture wars to fight over. So, for example, if I'm fighting over critical race theory and then you fighting over uh, whether women should be in this position, then we're not, we don't have the chance to look at the fact that the billionaire class has us all fighting each other at the bottom and we can't see how they're screwing, on, screwing well, over us because they control the politicians. And every time well, a politician comes in our face... Yeah, but here's the thing, Warren. Listen to what you said. We can't control the billionaire's class to hold them accountable. You're not supposed to. But you're supposed to hold. You're supposed to hold the politicians that you elected accountable. Pianchi, that's Pianchi, where the accountability comes in. Pianchi, Pianchi, a whole city of a million people collectively don't have the type of money that several billionaires have to control these politicians. That's what you're up against. They don't need the money. All they do is go to the polling place and vote for a politician. Every, everything Everything from the propaganda. After you, after you hang up. Warren, you know, you, I can't control you. <laughs> no, listen to what I'm saying, Tiago. This is what you no, all ignore. No, you listen. Well, you're I all can't ignoring you. You're all ignoring. I'm you're not ignoring you because you won't let me speak. We can't even control you, and you're a representative of that that quote-unquote people that's ignorant to the fact that they won't hold their politicians accountable. What I'm saying, that's Pianchi, what I'm saying, Pianchi, is not simple as a statement of the people holding their politicians accountable. The overwhelming majority of politicians are not produced by the people. They are produced by the billionaire class who use their money in different guises 
to create politicians. How do politicians get in office? People have to elect them. People vote for them, right? But the people vote for them based off images. People vote for them based off images that are created about them. Why are you voting for? I never do that. When I go to the poll, I have a piece of paper, like I did here on November the 8th, of the politicians that's in the 6th district where I'm at here in Louisiana. I knew what these politicians stood for. I made my decision based on their record and their actions in the past. And I handed it on to these workshops. Let me give you a little illustration. Let's, Let's create a hypothetical seat. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I want to hold you up for a second. We've got about 15 minutes left. So what I want to do, we're still going around in circles again, and you're trying to convince each other of a point of view that neither of you are going to accept. And I understand I, that. I want to do my illustration. I want to, I want want to focus on Warren, Warren, Warren. You're arguing for the large corporations, you know, the large government. You're arguing for um, the situation saying we have nothing, there's nothing we can do about it. Okay, this show's not based on nothing we can do about it. This whole show is based on something we can do about it. So yes, they have the money, but we have votes. If we open up the internet, we'll have access, we'll get information out to people, okay? If we have product liability, then Big Pharma will be just like every other industry, you know, equally liable for their products. What I want to do is ask you, we know the billionaires and the oligarchies, like you say, is a problem. So we've got a government, corporate, you know, mega mega whatever it is i'm trying to think of the word anyway monolith out there so now what do we do so what do we have as people we have the internet once it's open okay we have the vote you know we have communication we talk to each other we have the media hopefully the, the media that's actually reporting on things like that so the things we can use as individuals so rather than tell me what the problem is i know what the problem is i want to know what the solutions are so how do you see us as fixing this problem how do you see us as combating the, the oligarchs of, of government and uh, corporations and media so that we can do battle with them fairly on, on somewhat of an equal playing field. I see that as, as stopping big tech from censoring is one of the biggest things we can do. I see stopping all the mandates with the COVID jabs by putting, making them liable for their products. Those are two concrete things we can do. I don't care what your politics is. You either are for product liability on, on vaccines or you're not. You're for opening up big tech or you're not. And neither one of these have any regulations in the bills. It simply makes them liable for their actions. That's all you, I'm saying. You, you, argue from your, you argue from your position based What's off your talking points. Let me finish. You argue from your position mm-hmm. as a person who echoes conservative talking points. But when it's a corporate billionaire in that industry, Mm-hmm. He sees it a different way. He okay, you're not answering my question. Are the group okay, see, uh, you, you, you're, you're, you're going back to your talking points. Now, solutions. Yeah. Give me a solution that we, the people, can use to make a better situation for ourselves, given the current environment we have. That's not all I'm asking. Eliminate the culture wars and focus on the big elephant in the room. It's Which the is? greedy people. The greedy people. Okay, That's so what do we do? Room. Wait a minute. So, so you call them the greedy people. All right, so, who, so the greedy people, the big corporate leaders, the big uh, uh, government leaders. What do we do? Well, I'm telling you, you have to, first of all, be informed of how this system actually operates. Okay, we're, we like are informed. This. All right, we're you informed. Won't be right. in it's, we it's are like informed. This. It's like this. Okay. It's like this. Okay, it's like this. You're hungry, mm-hmm. and you want some food. So you open the refrigerator, and now there's a pot roast 
sitting somewhere in the back of the refrigerator, but in front of pot roast is all kind of jelly and jam and cookies and cakes, and you're being sidetracked from getting to the nutritious pot roast. The culture wars is preventing not focused, Warren. The culture wars is preventing the American people from understanding that they're Seems being ripped off Warren. that they're being ripped off by the oligarchy class and corporate entities that right. seek on making a profit at the expense of people. Warren. Warren, you're making excuses. You're not offering solutions. You're part of the problem. You're not listening because all you're, you're not doing is just, analysis. Wait a minute. All you're doing is justifying these actions, but let you're not me, coming up with solutions. Do you want us to be a it's free not people? The culture wars is the culture wars exist because you got people that want to change other people to be like them. I like well, celebrating. I'm just saying the that. Culture wars, the culture wars see, are sidetracking See, you are, you, are demonstrating, you are demonstrating that they're very well because you won't let opposition to your logic prevail. You won't even let it come out on But you're not, you all are not presenting opposition. You're not presenting that's, that's, that's what you think, Warren. My analysis that's, is you contributing, you guys. You contribute to, you <laughs> are contributing to these culture wars that you're trying to describe. <laughs> this culture war is when I want to celebrate the 4th of July and other people say you shouldn't based on Something that Frederick Douglass said, if I could use that nobody example. Is going, nobody, is, nobody is passing legislation to prevent you from celebrating the 4th of July. Oh, nobody no, you don't have to pass. To you. But no oh. legislation no legislation is promoting the culture war. That's something Ooh. that people bring Ooh. to the table. Yeah. And, and great. That's why your legislation would one. never be your, – your, your pieces of legislation you wrote would never mm-hmm. be adopted by conservatives – because they're sidetracked by culture war talking points. Well, you know, the people that you are know, presenting our bills right now. Born, that, uh, hang on for oh, a second. On. Nobody is born a conservative. You got, quote, unquote, people in the Democratic Party that espouse what we call, I would call, a conservative cause. So nobody is born a conservative. Nobody is born a liberal. They take on those aspects of definition based on the environment that they come in and their life experiences. Pianchi and Greg, can I, can I say this, Pianchi and Greg? Sure. Can I say this, Greg? Why, why during enslavement were the poor whites one of the most angry people against the blacks? Because the rich planters taught them that the blacks was their problem. Why did they teach them that? So the poor whites wouldn't become angry and attack the rich whites. This is what's going on now in terms of class really? for the that? United States. For poor you, people you, you, are led to believe. Thing. That's interesting. Poor, poor, poor people are led to identify with the billionaire class. And that's why your legislation would never pass because in the talking points of conservatives, that's considered socialism, which you're introducing. No, that's not true. Uh, because I, my bills don't have a political slant. They're uh, completely open. Um, but I think they, I think the government DeSantis, people object to them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Ron DeSantis would not support your legislation, sir. Ron DeSantis would not adopt your legislation. Yeah, he would. No, he would not. I'll spare you. You'd be amazed how far this legislation has gone. But let me just ask you a, let me ask you a question. I think the basic problem, Warren, is that you kind of dance around on this issue. But you're making excuses for not acting. 
Okay. You blame everything else. You blame the oligarchs. You blame the United States. You blame capitalism. You know, you call me a Marxist, which is completely ridiculous. Um, but you won't I, act. You won't take a single. You know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Warren, Marxist. Warren, stop. Warren, you haven't taken a single. You haven't even read my bills yet. And already you're against them. You already give me a million reasons why they won't work. Okay. You don't want to <laughs> yeah, act. You don't want to fix it. You want to complain I'm about it. You, you want to raise. I'm not Warren, Warren, you want to raise complaining to an art form. That's your art form is complaining. Okay. You're really good at it, but you won't act. You won't have the courage to read your bills. knows what I'm talking about. The, wait a minute. Yeah, knows what I'm won't. talking about. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to get this out because we only have minutes left. Warren, you don't have the courage to read our bills. You don't have the courage to act on them. You don't have the courage to present them to your audience. You don't have the courage to submit them to various legislators. You don't even know if these are going to work or not. You've already given up before the wars even started. You know, it's like the person that, 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 that never, you know, there's, there's a huge crusade to happen and you don't want any part of it. You'd rather complain. So what I want to do, I'm going to bring you back live now. What I want to do in the next, in the last few minutes we got here, we have seven minutes left. What I want to do is find out what you're actually willing to do to fix the situation. Will you take my bills to your audience? Will you talk about freedom? Will you talk about the things, that, the solutions, not just the problems? Okay, no one wants to hear the problems anymore. We know the problems. People are a lot better informed than you think. Trust me, I know. I'm getting bills. I'm reading them. Okay, so what can you do specifically? Well, let me ask you point blank. Do you think that, that liability should apply to Big Pharma like it does to every other company? Let's just yeah, start with that. absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. So if absolutely. you believe that, all right, wait a minute. If you believe that liability should apply to Big Pharma like it does to every other company, then my bill is a good bill. Correct? Sure, sure. Okay. So if I my bill is a good bill, thing. hold on. Wait a minute. Follow me through. If my bill is a good bill and you support it and you believe in product liability for Big Pharma like every other company, then you should, be want, then you should want to do something to help my bill. You should want to present that to your audience. You should, uh, you, know, you should at least not give up before you've even started. So why don't you join us and take a positive action instead of raising complaining to an art form? Don't you think you'd be a happier person? Don't you think you'd accomplish more? Don't you think you could use your show for something positive instead of, uh, instead of complaining and making excuses? If you I want you to join me. I don't want you to bills, fight me. If you email me your bills, I'll read them, and then I'll bring them to my congressperson as okay. part of the process. To, but I have to read those bills fairly. And then I'll see. I'm going to put my, my email in the chat room here. Okay. I'll, I'll copy it down. But also, just go to writeyourlaws.com. I'll tell you how to find all the bills. It's really simple. So you can write this down too. Write your laws. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. <clears throat> you click on legislation which is the second item on the menu bar, and you go to all proposed laws. That's where you'll find vaccine product liability. That's where you'll find the end of big tech censorship. That's where you'll find a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That would eliminate inflation. That would make everybody prosperous beyond, uh, beyond your wildest dreams because the money value would increase, the savings would increase for everybody, not just the oligarchs. And in fact, there'd be a transfer of money from government and from the big banks back to people because we'd actually have deflation. So this is something we can talk about, too. Let me get an email here um, we so we, we, can, we can finish chatting. So go ahead, Pianchi. We also got bills where Joe Biden have no damn business telling the state of Louisiana how to manage its natural resources and allow and monitor businesses as they explore and extract those natural resources. That money should stay in the state of Louisiana and any other sovereign country slash state. I don't have any comment. I mean, but uh, you'll have mm-hmm. that same argument Pianchi is applying to the president 
uh, people apply, conservative people apply to your two pieces of legislation. I know that. Okay, so, so people label my bills. So what? They label them conservative. They label them socialist. They label them whatever they label them. It doesn't change the bill. Okay, it doesn't change the idea. Okay, so, so and that should apply no matter who the president. It wasn't Richard Nixon, or Donald mm-hmm. Trump, John F. Kennedy, or mm-hmm. Bill Clinton. Those country, those states. That's your land. Not there's nothing in the Constitution that says that the federal government is supposed to have that type of dictum over state land. That's totally wrong. And, and Pian, can somebody say that same argument about over corporations? There's nowhere in the Constitution that says that. Uh, laws should be made over big corporations like pharmaceuticals and big tech. You know, so wait the a same minute. Argument. But Warren, don't you see us as the counter to that? If all the laws, and they are, all the laws right now in Congress come from the lobbyists. They come from big tech, or they come from the big corporations. They come from special interests. They come from the, the George Soros's and Bill Gates. They come from different environmental groups, wacko groups, economic groups. They come from NGOs. They come from all kinds of places. The one place that the bills don't come from is us, we the people, until now. So the whole purpose of Action Radio is to be a different source of bills. We work within the constitutional system. We send the bills in, but they really have to go to the people first, then media, then government. So government's the last place these bills are going to go. But so what I'm hoping to do is, is get you interested in being an advocate as opposed to a complainer. I want you as an advocate because you'd be good at it. You're very articulate. I just don't like what you're saying. <laughs> okay. But, we, but you say it very well. All right. So if we can turn that into something positive, if we can turn it into you being an advocate for our bills, and we've got a lot of bills. Why don't you go through them? Piaki's got a bill on separating federal and state ballots. Um, I've got a bill. That I would, a bill. Uh, yeah. Josie, why don't you go tell us your bill? Yeah, we haven't heard from you for a bit. Fingerprint ID so we can stop dead people and illegals voting in our country. And yeah. um, if, if, uh, if our military, because I'm a military wife, if we have fingerprints on our military ID, we can have fingerprints on our voting ID or just a driver's license, you know. And that's what uh, that we're going to control all the fraud that we're dealing with now. And we've been dealing for a long time, but we did not know about it. But mm-hmm. uh, I have a question, Warren. Uh, what do you know about Ukraine? Since I know you kind of hint a little bit about it. I, 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 I know a whole lot about Ukraine. Ukraine is basically a colony of the United States. It's being used as a buffer uh-huh. to start war with Russia. That's all. Mm-hmm. Do you know about the bioweapon lab? Forty-six of them. I know about I know about the I know about the bioweapons lab that the Russians found and brought it to the UN Security Council. Yes, I know about them. Yes. Got you. Good, good. So at least you know about it. Okay, good, good, good. Well, I have to go earn my money. I'm here in front of my business now, so I drove twenty <laughs> minutes. And um, thanks for joining us. You guys yeah, have a blessed was, day. You have blessed day too. Appreciate you here. Good to agree and disagree. That's why I love America. Yeah, I got to get out of here too. I'm going to go get my uh, passport. Leave me with one. Great. Okay, fine. Thanks. (laughs) Actually, um, Warren, what I'd like to do is I'm going to send you the bills, um, but you can get them from – you can go to our our, – we have a page, uh, our Citizen Legislative page. That's on Facebook. You've got – I'll send the bills to you, but you can just go to writeyourlaws.com. In fact, I bet you could write a bill. Uh, something that uh, that is, is you know near and dear to your heart, something that needs changing, uh, and why don't you start to start to use the system that we have here, you know? And let's talk let's talk in a couple of weeks. Give you a chance to read the bills, maybe three weeks, whatever. Sometime, whatever you, whatever okay. you feel like. 
Uh, you don't you don't even have to. You can uh, come in on an open hour, or you can schedule it with me. You know, because I'll send you my email as well. It's Greg at writeyourlaws.com. That's my public email. So uh, we can arrange for you to come in, talk about the bills, and let's let's get you advocating. So let's, let's like I say, bring you to the positive, because I think we'll have a lot more fun. We'll have a lot more action. We'll do a lot more good if we start advocating together on these bills. And you might pick a bill that you like. I have a bill that uh, eliminates uh, any withholding of taxes during the time you're earning your standard deduction. Okay. Now, Republicans might see that as a tax cut. Democrats might see that as a helping working families. I don't care how they see it. I just want them to pass it because there's no reason for the government to take money that they're going to give back to you a year later anyway. That makes no sense. So these are the kind of things we work on here. And so we are the alternative to the lobbyists, to the oligarchs, to the big corporations, to the big government. And there's millions of people. There's a lot more people than there are oligarchs. There's a lot more votes than there are dollars, believe it or not. Well, yeah, there's, there's more money spent, but the votes still win if we can help uh, inform people, like you say. So it requires media. The more you talk about it, talk about these bills with your audience. I'd be really curious what they say. You know, and your audience is different than my audience. My audience, I mean, I'm, I'm way to the right of conservatives. I'm a constitutional independent. I have no use for the Republican Party at all. Listen to my show. I call them the gelding old party. Okay. So, you know, it's, and I, I rake Trump up and down for, for his horrible behavior on COVID. Totally screwed that up. But in terms of, of the legislation, of citizen legislation, like I say, I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd be good at it. Anyway, let me go back to you, and then we're going to go. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, 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 like I say, I'll, I'll read the, the piece of legislation, but I do want to say that one mm-hmm. myth that's, per, that's uh, propagated is that the Democrats are socialists. The Democrat Party is a corporate party, a war party that blocks mm-hmm. true leftists. It blocks the true left. The social Democrats of the European countries – they mm-hmm. block the true left. The true left is concerned about workers, workers' rights, workers' uh, salaries, and that's where we all need to be for workers, or else we all are peasants in search on this big feudal system called the planet Earth. You know, that make a really good call uh, to make here to the show to talk about the true left. I mean, I wish we'd gotten to that earlier. It's kind of fascinating. But that's a, that's a really good perspective. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm going to challenge you on it a little bit. But I think that just making that distinction between the left, the true left, the socialist left, the, the, the corporatist left, the oligarch left, you know, and just the, the labels of the problem. This is why I try to get away from them as much as possible. But if you want to identify the, the true left and talk about that uh, in, terms of, in terms of legislation, in terms of politics, in terms of, you know, our various uh, institutions in society, that would make a good call. I'd be happy to have you back on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let me let you go for today. Uh, any closing comment? But it's, it's been great you called. Uh, so you don't have to wait till long. Oh, thank you. you so, come, thanks. Thank you so much for, us. for the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, Warren. You take care. There we go. All right. So uh, uh, this is actually the first time I've taken a break the whole show, so I have to play a bunch of stuff for you guys. Uh, yeah, I got it. Are uh, oh, you still here? I'm sorry, today, I thought you left. Today's, uh, today's Tuesday. Well, I was yeah. looking at uh, six, and I thought it was an eight, so my eyes is... <laughs> <laughs> You're getting old. That's okay. It's 10 o'clock Central Time, uh, actually 10.02. Uh, time for me to get out of here. Tomorrow we've got some time. Tomorrow I'll probably play that... Uh, Interview. I have a WEBY classic with uh, Ben Garrison, the, the the editorial cartoonist. That was a fun chat with Warren, though. Uh, I think um, we'll see yeah, what happens. One time we were talking about why why China is so is doing what they're doing in these countries, and uh, mm-hmm. you don't see what. Well, we can talk about that later. Exactly. Have yourself a great day, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, so I'll get to put something. Yep. Thanks, right. Bianchi. 
so I got some things to play for you folks, so, so please listen intensely. Uh, and then I'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. And we're here 7 a.m. Central every weekday, uh, except Friday when we're here at 6. We start Friday a little bit earlier. And I'll be back uh, final announcement uh, at the end of when I play some stuff for you. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio Live. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. 
We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. You know, it's funny. I can't believe I waited the entire show, and it was so crazy. I didn't get a chance to take a break until now. Oh, well. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60-second spots available for your announcements, and we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. 
please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.